and gentlemen, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Boy, if we got a great show for you lined up. I just want to say a couple of things um, at the outset of tonight's show. You know, <clears throat> we could not do this program. We cannot do what we're doing right now without the people who are close to us and without the people who listen to us and without the people who support us. You know, um, very, well, sometimes you you, you get uh, introspective, I suppose, and you think about mortality, one's own mortality, and I had the occasion to, um, to do that today under some interesting circumstances and um, I, I just I just want to express to each and every one of you how blessed we are how, how blessed we feel that we are number one to, to have this platform so with respect to that I want to thank Global Star Radio Network they have Class A programming. Todd from Global Star works 24-7. He's got a beautiful family. Um, he's got a very successful business, but he's a, he's a, he's a kind-hearted giving man, and I just want to say thank you for that. Thank you, Todd, for everything you do, and thank you, Global Star, for, for carrying our program. And, and you know, for all the knocking around that, uh, Blog Talk Radio gets, they're a class act. They're, they're a class operation. And I just want to say thank you to Global Star Radio Network as well. Or, uh, Blog Talk Radio and Global Star. But BTR, Blog Talk Radio. The owner of BTR and all the people that work there, thank you for carrying our program. And of course, you know, we're using YouTube Live. I, I don't, frankly, I don't know how long we'll be on YouTube. You can see the writing on the wall, can't you? With the censorship that's, that's taking place, but for those who are subscribing to our channel, thank you. And, and to the people who support us through their financial gifts, thank you. And for the people who send us letters and prayers, Words of encouragement. Thank you. And to the um, moderators of the chat that we don't see, never see on YouTube, thank you. It's my understanding that there are a few people that just are there 24, I mean, I mean, like clockwork all the time, kicking bad people out. Thank you. 
And uh, for those critics of our program, thank you. And I mean that. You know, it, it, I, I don't know who said it, but a man, can, a, a man is defined by not just his friends, but his enemies. And looking at the people who consider us their enemies, thank you. Thank you for that definition. Thank you for showing us who we are. Thank you for emboldening, making us bolder in the face of your criticism, sometimes warranted and sometimes not. And for those of you who simply are out to harass, annoy, threaten, thank you. Because that keeps us sharp. That keeps us on our toes. Keeps security company in business. Security detail in business. And for those that... um, are in-house. We don't have a big staff. Joe, my son, Eric the tech, you can't see. One of these days I'm going to walk up and turn the camera. Bye, Joe. That's right. He's uh, here 20, I mean, he's here all the time. If you could see his workstation, you'd be impressed. I'm impressed. Again, you know, he, he, every day, well, every time before he leaves, he puts this collar on me, shock collar, takes it off when he gets, gets to the studio. I can't come within five feet of his desk or I get zapped. Too many buttons, too many knobs and switches. But sometimes, you know, when you look at the, when you look at the news and you, and you see that, 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 that heavy news day, like today, and you realize that everything is coming down all at one time, you have to become a little bit introspective. I think it helps. And I also want to thank the people, well, also Jackie, my daughter, she works for us as well. It's a, truly a family business. Now, my wife does not work for us. She supports us. It's me. When I say supports, I mean, if I leave for the office at 2 o'clock in the morning, she doesn't ever say, where are you going and why are you going? She says, be careful. Come back. Or if we say, you know, hey, I'm going to have to get another mortgage on the house. <laughs> we need equipment. Where do I sign? Thank you. John Robertson, who has done a great job. Thank you. I just unbelievable job as producer and program director. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And um, I, I just could I I could spend a day telling you 
the the gift of time, effort that John has given, John Robertson has given. I, I still wouldn't be able to do justice. And JD, JD Hopwood, thank you for everything you've done. No, I'm not dying. Although uh, there are a few people out there, you know, wishing. I've got an email like that today. And one more, and then we're going to get down to business. I want to thank, uh, publicly thank Steve Quayle, stevequayle.com. You know, it's amazing how, how you become friends with someone. I used to listen to Steve Quayle when he was on with Art Bell. I thought, man, he's a pretty intelligent guy. And, uh, uh, just a set of circumstances. All of a sudden, we're friends. And he would give me the shirt off of his back. He would give you the shirt off of his back. He would give anybody the shirt off of his back. That man is more generous than I've ever... I've, there is no one more generous than Steve Quill. And Pastor David Langford. And Greg Evenson. And I could go on. And I want to thank Dave Hodges for his uh, for his friendship, and, and JB Wells, and Greg Jackson. And, you know, I could name. I could just go on and on and on. And I don't mean to forget anyone. I don't want. It's it's. Uh, you know all of. You know who you are, Ted Brower. My goodness. The reason I'm doing this is we all need to take stock. I mean, the news is moving so fast. Things are happening so fast. And I'm going to tell you something. In the next 10 days, to 10 to 14 days, there will be things that you're going to be hearing from D.C., from inside D.C., Washington, D.C., that are going to be shaking everyone up. Um, I just, I, you know, I just hope we can, uh, we can endure this. I hope we can endure what's coming. It's not going to be, it's, it's, it's going to be a roller coaster of information and emotion. And, and just please understand what I'm saying. And if it doesn't happen in 14 days, so 28 days. I don't know. But it's coming. And um, it's coming fast. And it's going to be like a whirlwind. Really, it will be. I, I, I do intend to, to uh, publish some reports. I have not been able to get to them this week. I've been busy elsewhere. Um. I want to thank Michael Savage too for being the inspiration that he is to me personally and professionally and uh, for standing up for what's right and for each one of our guests tonight we've got uh, a full lineup tonight including Roger Stone Kevin Shipp you know not everyone in the CIA is bad 
Kevin Ship is uh, definitely one of the good ones. And then, of course, at the bottom of the hour, we have uh, Faith Goldie coming on, brand new. I don't know whether you you folks ever heard. I'm sure, I'm sure you've heard of her, but brand new to our program. And I would be remiss, lastly, if I did not thank Bill McIntosh. Bill McIntosh is the head of something called Ocaso Media. Ocaso Media. Again, a guy that would give the shirt off of his back. A guy that's got a wonderful business. We talk about Ocaso Media. And, and in fact, we'll, we'll, we'll do a read for Ocaso Media later on. But thank you, Bill McIntosh, for the assistance you've given us and continue to give us. And you know what? We're going to, we're going to be pushing through to the end tonight or throughout the, I mean, not just tonight, but for, for the long run. And I want to thank again everyone who is, who's contributed to, to our efforts. I just, that was on my heart today. Did I need to spend, you know, eight minutes doing it? No, probably not. But yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Joe, I'm going to turn it over to you. Let's let's get this ball rolling. We've got a great show at the bottom of the hour. We've got Faith Goldie. We've got uh, Roger Stone from eight to nine. Roger Stone, you know, I got to tell you, Roger Stone, an incredible guy. People, the progressive left, communist, globalists have really done a number on him. And then Kevin Shipp, the CIA, the deep state, really did a number on him as well. And reach out to these people and, and tell them you appreciate it. Take it. Yeah, we'll hit a couple of um, of news items here before we bring on Faith Goldie from Rebel Media, and that website um, is therebel dot media, and it's Rebel Media on YouTube. She's got over six hundred and fifty thousand subscribers, as well as her own radio show. Um, very intelligent, and we're we're looking forward to that. I want to um, two stories. I want to oh, there's a few stories I want to hit on, but let's do the first thing first. The London terrorist attacks. Uh, there has been a name and a a photo release since the attack. It took a while to get there. Um, Khalid Masood was the the attacker um, in Westminster, and he had an extensive criminal history. But there's an article today on MSN.com. How London attacker Khalid Massoud snapped because of racism in his village, then went to jail and became radicalized. This article, like so many others, is uh, the, the liberal insane left trying to justify terrorist attacks and blame the culture for what this man became even though he stabbed somebody in the face in 2003 even though he has committed a number of other crimes they are blaming uh, racism this article goes on to say that Khalid Masad Masood the Westminster attacker snapped because of racism in his village and slashed the face of a cafe owner before being radicalized in jail um, what is known about this man is he was born as Adrin Elms, a career criminal with a history of violent crimes. He went off the rails in July 2000, slashing a man across the face after an argument 
that the article says had racial overtones. The attack would land him in jail, and his life already in a fragmented state would fall apart. And in another attack three years later, he stabbed a man in the nose before reportedly traveling to South or Saudi Arabia. But we see a lot of this in the news today. It's just disgusting how um, we see people defending terrorisms and trying to blame uh, ter- terrorist acts on racism or a culture of hate. Uh, recently, I think it was yesterday, Canada passed a a bill banning criticism of Islam. Banning criticism of Islam in Canada. Making it another uh, country or state like Europe and parts of Europe that have banned, also banned the criticism of Islam. And I'm looking for the, the Canadian article here, but I also see that uh, Faith Goldie from Rebel Media did a video, a six-minute video on this yesterday, and she really had the inside scoop of who voted yes, who voted no, where was the prime minister in this vote. So we'll we'll bring that up with her, because I think this is a story that's being overlooked with all the political commotion that's going on in our our country. Today we had, uh, we were supposed to have the health care bill vote, and now that bill was pulled due to lack of support or lack of enough votes to get it passed, and they're calling it, uh, you know, a disaster for Trump and uh, embarrassing, humiliating, all these different words they're throwing out there uh, saying that, you know, he, he basically failed. But I don't know. I think he did what he was supposed to do. He he got the bill forward, got it into uh, but you know, the ability you know. to vote. The Congress isn't doing nothing. The Senate isn't doing anything. The uh, Obama... Pelosi, Schumer, they own this now. They own Obamacare. Uh, it's it's untenable, uh, Joe. The bill, the uh, Obamacare as it stands right now, cannot be. It's untenable. Like it cannot be sustained. And I think that the, I, th- I think I think Trump can see that. Donald President Trump can see that. And I also think, Joe, that um. You're going to see implosions and explosions with respect to uh, Obamacare on a state-by-state basis because that's how it's set up. Um, and I think I think Donald Trump is going to allow that to happen. I, I we'll see. I, I mean, I, I what I mean is, you know, Rush Limbaugh was talking today, and and I'm. I, <laughs> He was talking about either he asked himself or someone asked him, what if the bill, the uh, repeal and replace bill fails? And, you know, who who would he blame? It, It was an interesting conversation with himself that he had. You know how he does that. Well, he, he, uh, he said, "I'm not going to think uh, think that way." And, and I understand that. I understand why would you think that way? Why would you answer or you know uh, discuss the hypothetical in that particular instance? But but I do think that this was in in some way, shape, or form. I don't believe that this was ever intended. Maybe initially it was intended to to, to go to the floor for a vote. But you know what, Joe? I really don't think. I don't think it was really intended. Once, once Donald Trump got the lay of the land, I don't, I don't think it was ever intended to to see a vote. At least not now. 
I don't, I, I can't, I, I've got nothing to back that. Um, well, either I, way, I, I've the, got nothing to back it. Either way, there wasn't a vote on it. Obamacare is staying for now. Yeah. Um, some people call it a failure. Some people call it just part of the legislative process. Uh, Sean Hannity, when I was on my way here today, he made a good point saying that all those people who feel that Trump was an authoritarian type dictator, that this was an example of how that's not true because it's not something he just ran through without the approval of the, the House and Senate. Um, also, the Gorsuch, is the Gor- are the Gorsuch confirmation hearings over? I think yesterday was day four of the hearings. Yesterday, Chuck Schumer uh, came out and said that Gorsuch was an extremist and that, Gorsuch, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that all Democrats should, should uh, you know, vote no for him or whatever. Whatever he said, but I watched. I actually watched some of the confirmation hearings, and I did not see uh, Gorsuch before, and he seemed pretty calm and reserved. Um, cho- choose his words and his replies carefully. Didn't allow any leeway or rope to, to hang himself. Not that he would, uh, but from what I understand, he's a very solid pick. So we ha- still have those confirmation hearings going on, and it'll be interesting to see where that goes. One thing I want to make sure we hit on before we go to the break. Did you see this, Dad? On Facebook, there was a post, and Infowars had an article about this, as well as other people. Hunt and kill all white women. Facebook deemed, right. Facebook post deemed not hate speech. Yeah, unfortunately, I did see that. Kill and hunt all white women. Facebook post deemed not hate speech. And this uh, article on Infowars and a few other places point out the double standards in which Facebook policies um, or polices the content uh, and it and how it's very hypocritical. Were there the example Infowars uses against this um, post by white women should be hunted and killed, then we wouldn't get white babies who think they own the world. Facebook reviewed that post after it was reported, and they came back saying that this uh, did not violate their terms of service. But Infowars points out how people just quoting Bible verses and posting them on Facebook are being uh, deemed to violate their terms of service and are being censored. Yeah, And that's just... Uh, I mean, that's insane. You, you, you uh, know, this. The, the banning of hate speech of Islam, well, okay, the banning of hate, uh, of what is considered to be hate speech is going to include all three mono, the, the three primary monotheistic religions, Judaism, in Islam, Canada. and Christian, and, and Christian, uh, Christianity. And, and there's a reason for that is because they, they want to make all appear to be the same. Well, in Canada, and, what they um, did was, um, they in the in the bill it actually says um, anti-Islamic rhetoric, and then also it, as like almost a footnote, it goes on to say um, any religious discrimination. But they they single out the the Islam part, sure. Which is, I mean, yeah, yeah. there's no words. I mean, we don't have to continue to try to explain this. It is, people can see it for exactly what it is, and this is more pandering to Islam, uh, cowering in fear not to offend anybody, a social justice, uh, politically correct, insane move, you know. How are you going to instill laws in countries where you have uh, Islamic, radical Islamic terrorist attacks all the time and then make it illegal to criticize that belief system that is, is creating all these attacks? I mean, you're setting yourself up to fail. <laughs> you're setting your country up to fail and to be destroyed internally. Well, sure. And, and that's. I mean, what are they going to do? Start thing. arresting victims of terrorist attacks for, you know, for being insensitive or being in the way? Yeah, 
it's right. I mean, we don't have far to go before everybody walks off their own cliff with this, or we're just taken over. Um, and of course, what happens in Canada is, is um, needs to be kept a close eye on as we share uh, our biggest border is is the Canadian border. And it spans from from ocean to ocean, ocean. right? Yep. Right. That's right. And think of how much easier access um, extremists would have, not having to come directly into the U.S. And this is a loophole that's been used by people for years, whether to stay off certain radars or whatever. You come, you fly into Canada, you get somebody to, to take you across the border, and um, this is the way it is. So Canada is following in the way of of Britain and other European nations in banning speech against Islam. I don't know how many people saw this. I posted this on the website earlier. Uh, 19-year-old Israeli U.S. citizen arrested in connection with bomb threats to Jewish centers. And this continues to show a trend of fabricated hate crimes from people who said they were assaulted for um, being against Trump to other people who said that you know swastikas were, were drawn on their walls. More often than not, especially as of late, Especially since the Trump um, election, since he was he was put into office, voted in, and then put in, there's been this this huge increase of false flag hate crimes. That I'd say 75 percent of the time go right back to the person who who's saying that they were the victim. But this um, story goes on to say that um, many news outlets are reporting that the there's been a resonating connection with bomb threats to the Jewish community centers in the U.S. and other nations. It was a 19-year-old Israeli-American citizen who has yet to be identified. He's accused of making threats over the past six months uh, to Jewish community centers in Europe, the United States, Australia, and New Zealand. And the FBI made an arrest uh, just yesterday. And we will, I'm sure, have his identity sooner than later. And this is... Um, and again, an ongoing trial. Oh, well, we do have and his then, identity. We, we, we got his name. Okay. And then also, we didn't get, there's a story I didn't get a chance to talk to. The Maryland rape case, the illegal immigrants who raped a 14 year old girl. There's an interesting video on Mediate, and you can find it on YouTube of Tucker Carlson interviewing the attorney for the illegal immigrant where he goes on to say it's consensual, even though it was a 14 year old girl and an 18 year and 17 year old, uh, man, which that makes consensual null and void. But check out that interview if you have time. When we come back, we'll be joined by Faith Goldie from Rebel Media on YouTube, therebel.media. Don't go anywhere. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. In a thrilling series of novels, T.C. Joseph takes us into the lives of three families who struggle to maintain normal lives in a world where conspiracy theory and Bible prophecy collide. T.C. Joseph's viewpoint of alternative history and understanding of prophetic events will change your view of the world and the events on our horizon. 
Kirkus Review states, readers of end times fiction will be hard pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. Extremely readable and fast paced. Blue Wink Reviews boldly states, fans of Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series and Tom Parada's The Leftovers will find this thought provoking series absolutely riveting. Order your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation series from Amazon.com. Book 1, Precipice. Book 2, Pentecost. And Book 3, Penance. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Welcome, folks, to this edition of the Hagman the Hagman Report. Uh, uh, we, we've got such a great guest, Faith Goldie. She is a fearless, and I mean a fearless journalist. Uh, she is a devout Christian. She's a Catholic, devout Catholic who stands up for family values, freedom, and firearms. How's that? Um, Ms. Goldie's media career has included work with uh, Bell's Media News Talk 1010, Vision TV, Zoomer Radio, The Catholic Register, Toronto Sun, The Blaze, and I could go on and on and on the list. Laura Ingram, uh, Radio Show, Sun News Network, National Post, Chorus Radio's AM640, and on and on. By the way, I'm familiar with that, too. Uh, AM640. Now, her videos are featured regularly on the Rebels YouTube channel, while her weekly program, On the Hunt, have you seen it? Or uh, have you tuned into? On the Hunt airs every Thursday night on the rebel.media. The rebel.media, that's the place to go. Before we get to our guest, I just want to let people know that Portions of the Nice Broadcast brought to you by WholeTonesLive.com. You've, we've had the owner of Whole Tones Live on our program, folks, Michael Terrell, and you know his product. If you haven't 
tried a sample of WholeTonesLive.com, please do that. Go to WholeTonesLive.com. That's WholeTonesLive.com. There you'll find a $10 off coupon at that URL for the listeners of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Uh, Joe, I'm going to kick it over to you. Let's bring on our guest. Yeah, in the last segment we were uh, talking about a number of stories. And, folks, again, uh face website is therebel.media, therebel.media, and Rebel Media on YouTube. Um, Faith, it's great to have you on the Hagman and Hagman Report. Thanks for having me on, gentlemen. I really appreciate it. Well, we are so thankful for you, the work you do. Your work is incredible. Let's start right out right now with... uh your video about we were talking about this the, the first segment. There, Joe was the Canadian blasphemy oh motion. Goodness, one hundred and three. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was I believe passed yesterday. Uh, you got it. Yeah, explain this to us. What, what's going on yeah. up in Canada? Certainly. So, um, our Liberal Party, who's in charge right now with our feminist prime minister, um, pro-abort prime minister Justin Trudeau. Well, one of their members of parliament, Ikra Khalid, she's from Pakistan. And apparently she misses her hometown so much that she's decided to bring some of their culture and some of their legislation into Canada, where we usually have things like freedom of speech and conscience. But what this motion is that just was passed, M103, the entire Liberal Party voting for it, um, calls for a, quote, whole-of-government approach to eliminating Islamophobia. And at no point do they ever define what that means. So this has just been passed. Um, there are next steps. So now we're going to have committees, parliamentary committees. They basically have been given a mandate to find Islamophobia, to show how Islamophobia does exist, and that will necessitate next steps from the government. And I just want to say this. When they say whole of government, they mean our, our federal police. They mean uh, our government proper, i.e. the legislators. Uh, they mean the Supreme Court. And they also mean we, we here in Canada have a state broadcaster, kind of like your PBS, but on steroids. And uh, to CBC, they get over a billion dollars in, in taxpayer money. And these guys have already started this anti-Islamophobia motion, uh, mandate before the motion was even passed. So as the whole world is waking up to, you know, headlines of yet more terrorist attacks, of, of yet more jihad of, you know, a world in which there are Muslim no-go zones across the entire Europe, okay, not the Middle East, once Christian, once even, you know, secular Europe now has Muslim no-go zones, um, we in Canada are making it as comfortable as possible to not only have these sorts of pockets um, arise, but to turn our entire state into a Sharia safe space. This is incredible. Now, this is a criminal law, correct? Criminal? It's a motion right now. So, okay. so, so motion, uh, so motions can be looked at one of two ways. It's either it's kind of innocuous, you know, it's, it's just kind of a motion is almost like a, a protective lip service and a gesture. But the thing is, is that baked into this motion are next steps that will inevitably lead to legislation. And once legislation is in there, when they say eliminating Islamophobia, I mean, I assume that it's going to be a criminal act if, if you violate that, just like our hate speech laws, you know. Right. Um, but the thing is, we already have these sorts of laws on the books that say, you know, blowing up mosques is not okay, you know. Um, sending death threats to Muslims is not okay. And I think every law-abiding Canadian can say, yeah, that's outside of what we think is normal for society. But if I want to say that there are certain parts of the Quran that I find offensive and indeed reprehensible, like saying that you should strike at the necks and arms of 
unbelievers, I should be free as a Canadian citizen and a taxpayer to say those sorts of things. And, hey, you want to take some jobs at my religion? Let's have that. Or that's part of a liberal democratic society. Uh, now, I'm curious. How, how would that work? Let's just say for a second that this will um, proceed uh, through the, uh, what, the, the parliament. Uh, yeah, it will. Okay. And, and it, let, let's assume it becomes law just for, for a moment. Um, that you, of course, being in Canada, would would have a, a serious problem yep. if, if 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 they found against you. How, how would that work? Let's say someone in the United States, um, the broadcasting in Canada, for example, like our program. How would right. that work? Uh, well, um, we, we've gotten a little bit of a taste of how it's going to look like based on the propaganda news network of the CBC who have struck together all sorts of panels. They have used our material as examples of, you know, Nazi rhetoric, of alt-right, you know, white nationalists, whatever, you know, all the usual slogans and tropes that they have now fixed anyone who dares to exercise their God-given right to free speech. And what they're calling for right now is an intensification of, of policing, monitoring, and legislation of online spaces. Now, we're very lucky because, you know, we are a YouTube channel in a way, but our headquarters are in Toronto, right? Like our, our servers, I'm pretty sure, are in Canada. And so it's a question of, of where do we go from there? I, I anticipate that within the next 90 days, um, what you'll see is probably um, some legal action taken against us, to be honest. And we're ready for that fight, and we're not going to take it lying down because... Um, Frankly, um, this is a fight not just for our station. It's going to be a fight for, for all Canadians. And, you know, I, I did a petition um, at uh, freedomtooffend.com, and folks can be free to go there. It was our biggest uh, petition in all of rebel history. Uh, Canadians that were polled, over 41% of Canadians say that they do not like this motion. Why? It's not because they're a bunch of Islamophobic bigots. It's because they love free speech. They love their freedom of conscience, and they know that this is a blatant assault on it, right? So so I anticipate that there will be a, a legal fight that will be waged against us, and I anticipate that we're going to fight it tooth and nail as far as we have to, not just for our sake, but for all Canadians. Amen to that. Now, Faith, how can we help Rebel Media? How, how can we help you? Uh, how can we? How can we? St- we've got to stick together in this. The Amen. the independent media has got. We, we've got to stick together because this is coming yeah. down fast. It's coming. It's coming down fast, you know, because we've seen a complete shake, uh, shake down, especially you know after your, your election last November. Um, the establishment feels they're on rocky grounds right now, and there has been over the past several years a democratization of data with you know um, the rise of things like social media networks, of independent and alternative uh, media networks, and and how can you help us? I mean, subscribe to our YouTube channel. It becomes really hard for folks to call us fake news when we have over six hundred and twenty thousand subscribers. It it becomes really hard for politicians to dismiss us when we have email uh, emailable lists that are far greater than any of the the, the national parties. We know that because we've had calls from from folks like Nation Builder and told us that. Um, so it becomes really hard. It's, it's strength in numbers, right? And the thing is, you know, Donald Trump talked a lot. President Trump talked a lot about the silent majority, and and that's what this is. After decades of of self censorship and the the tyrannical force of political correctness, Joe Sixpack at the water cooler and at the dinner table 
have said, I'm sick and tired and I'm not going to take it anymore. And so they need these sorts of outlets. So just giving us exposure, having me on your program, which I so appreciate, uh, th this is the sort of stuff that we need to do, cross-pollinate and make sure that our audiences, you know, kind of cooperate as like a Venn diagram and that we do have some sort of intersectionality. So rebel.media is the website. Sign our petition at freedom to offendcom um, and we'll be presenting it to the legislature so that way they know that people from across the world, and, and again, like, this is not far away, right? The, the States is just a hop, skip, and a jump. I'm two hours drive from, from Buffalo, right? Yep. Um, this is not far away. And and y'all are lucky that you've got Donald Trump, who seems to be, you know, my kind of guy, frankly, my kind of president. Um, and, and he's he's not going to um, be a lackey for the, 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 the cultural Marxists and postmodernists who seek to destroy everything that's good and right in Western civilization by things like, you know, political correctness and censorship. So you guys have a good for at least the next, you know, three and a half, four years. But um, it, it, it can it can all be lost in less than a generation, and that's why we have to remain so vigilant. Amen. Let me ask you this. Uh, while we're talking about the blasphemy laws, and I haven't read the, the actual bill myself, mm -hmm. um, and I don't know how this works with the laws you already have on the books, but and you mentioned hate speech laws that you guys already have. Let's say, uh, d does this legislation go... As far as to say if you're offending somebody, well, let's just use an example that, um, let's say you bring a fact, maybe the last 10 terrorist attacks in Canada were done by somebody of Muslim religion, and you use that e example as a fact in, in an argument and say that offends somebody. Is that something that will be, they will be able to come after you for, uh, to your it's knowledge? A, it's a great question. And the fact that Islamophobia is not in any way defined in this, means that everything's on the table. Absolutely everything is on the table. Now, in my province of Ontario, um, just uh, just this past month, they've passed their own Sharia creep, their own blasphemy motion here. And they did define what Islamophobia includes, and it includes, wait for it, anti-Muslim sentiments, <laughs> thought crimes. Thought crimes, literally, have just been a, a, a blasphemy motion in my province, which is the most hyper-liberal. And, and, and to give you some inside baseball here, the Prime Minister Trudeau's team came directly from Ontario's team. Our Premier's team basically all just transitioned over to the federal government. So we're kind of like a test tube petri dish for what happens at the federal level. So thought crime, anti-Muslim thought crime, is now, um, there's a motion against it Ed, that's just been passed unanimously including our conservatives in my province. So um, forget about even talking about it. You can just think the wrong thing in this province. And since our feds haven't defined it, heck, uh, my, my, my answer to you is why not? Sure, exactly. Pretty wow. frightening. <laughs> this is amazing. Even four years ago, five years ago, eight years ago, I mean, when did you see this coming? Or, or, or did you think, oh, this could never happen? Um, I mean, maybe that's a kind of a left-handed question there. I didn't. No, no, not at all. Uh, you know, we we had ten years of conservative leadership rule here under Stephen Harper. Um, he did not do enough in order to, I think, make his legacy. Um, outlive his time in office, but I will say that I felt very comfortable when he was in office. He believed in things like free speech, he believed in things like Israel's right to exist, uh, you know, in, 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 in all sorts of things, you know, like uh, from, from fiscal to foreign policy to social policies. Um, he had a lot going on that was good. But 
Prime Minister Trudeau, um, it's not him that, that, that's so unsavory, it's his team. His team includes a bunch of cynical liberals who are disciples of Saul Alinsky, and I mean that quite, quite literally. Once removed, the, the, these guys are Saul Alinsky cronies, and we know what he's about, right? This is a guy who dedicated his rules for radicals to, to the evil one himself. And, and I don't mean to sound too conspiratorial, but, you know, there's, there's, there's light and there's darkness, and, and these guys are, are about a different team than what I play for. And, um, Justin Trudeau, God, God, God bless him. Um, he comes from good stock, but um, and, and I, I mean, this is no offense to our office, but he he barely has two brain cells to rub together. But he's a fantastic puppet, and so it's the folks who have who, who are flapping his lips, um, like one Gerald Butts, and you can look into him. This guy is behind all sorts of policies that went wrong here in my province, and he's now running the show for our prime minister. Wow. Well, I've got to ask this question in Toronto. Where you where you reside? Do you have somebody sent me this question that they 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 knew you were going to be on the uh, uh, program? They know of you, of course. Uh, they want me to ask this question: Do you have no go zones in Toronto? Um, no, but we are um, seeing a um, so certain parts of the city certainly have a uh, Muslim majority within them. And so what you see now are publicly funded public schools in which Muslim prayers are held every Friday where girls are separated from the boys, girls who are menstruating are forced to sit at the back within a publicly funded schools. And just now there is a, a, a huge battle going down in one of the school boards. And this is really, they're turning our, our schools into madrasas. And, and that's where I'm saying that there's, there's probably the closest that we have to no-go zones right now. Um, um, in one of our school boards, the Peel District School Board, they have just uh, essentially passed um, these these Muslim prayers that used to have to be vetted to make sure that there was nothing weird going on. Well, now they can be said in Arabic, and they don't have to be vetted anymore. And what do you know, that within the first couple weeks of this happening, um, there are now sermons that are, are warning these Muslim children of, of Christians and Jews. And this is happening at the same time where our, our mosques in Toronto and Montreal, our two most populated cities, have just been found in the past several weeks. We've had several cases of imams praying, making supplications for the annihilation of Jews. Okay, so um, I feel like that's a no-go zone for me. I, I, I as a Christian, exactly. would not want to go there, right? Sure. Um, so, so is it is it? Do we have you know the sort of stuff that you see you know in Molenbeek? No, of course not. Um, but I will say that we we have been importing on mass um, Syrian refugees, um, and the majority of them are Muslim. And our prime minister is saying, you know, we're all about the refugees right, right now. But at the same time, he's capped private sponsorships, which are by and large from the churches and that have helped. Um, persecuted Christians who are experiencing a genocide across the Middle East right now. He's capped them to 1,000. So we're bringing in tens of thousands of Muslims, Sunni Muslims, who are coming and staying uh, on our tax dollar, on our welfare, in our hotels, which now those have become uh, no-go zones where we, we, we put these refugees. Um, and the Christian refugees are capped to 1,000, essentially. Yeah, okay. And, and that was for Julie out of Lockport, New York. Uh, hey, Julie. Yeah. Uh, great lady. But uh, uh, Faith Goldie is our guest. Uh, and, again, you see how fearless she is, folks. I mean, a real Christian to me, uh, my goodness, t- telling the truth and, of course, a uh, real journalist, of course, getting drilling down right to the meat of things. It's the weekend. Busy news day, of course, today here in the United States. Uh, Faith, if I can just ask you, 
What is on your radar as a journalist right now? If you had to pick, well, I'm going to ask you to pick just one or two things right now that you're really kind of lasered in on that you think mm-hmm. are really important to, uh, to, to focus on, uh, today, um, or this weekend. What's on, what's on yeah, your radar? Absolutely. Well, well, of course, this is in the wake of the, of the London terrorist attack, right? And that sent shockwaves. Well, it should, at least, um, th- throughout the West. And why this one's special? Uh, this one was on, um, the heart of Britain within her her federal legislature, her her her, her parliament. Um, and what I worry, you know, I'm good friends with Tommy Robinson. He's my colleague at the Rebel, and this is you know British Defence League guy who's been at ten years talking about um, jihad creep that's been happening, especially in the blue collar um, parts of um, Arabia, as I now like to call it. And L- London's Muslim mayor Sadiq Khan said that. Terror attacks are now, quote, part and parcel of living, living in urban cities. And, and I tend to agree with him because the, the makeup now of our urban cities across Europe have changed. There's now over 10% Muslim, uh, Muslim population in most of these cities. And, and I don't, I, again, I, I know folks want to call me Islamophobic all over, and I don't imagine I'll get that from your awesome audience, but, but, but I will say this. As Christians, we have to, Remain vigilant and remember, this is not a new war. Um, just because we stop fighting a holy war in, in a, in a physical sense, um, does not mean that Islam ever did. It, it is a conquering religion, uh, it is a warring religion, and its borders are fought by shedding blood. Um, and we see that happening. You know, the Middle East was all Christian once upon a time, let's not forget. Um, and I imagine that 10 years from now we'll say the same thing about Europe. So, so what I'm watching right now is the response to London's terror attack, because this guy wasn't a refugee. Um, this guy was homegrown. And so there is a problem with the political culture, um, the religious culture, frankly, of of Europe. And I think that um, I'm sort of done with looking to to liberal societal institutions like the media and politics. Um, and I'm 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 going to start challenging Christian, Christians because we need to start. Coming together, you know, one of, one of the best parts of Donald Trump's campaign was that he called evangelicals, he called Christians together, and he said, your numbers beat everyone else's. You're such a huge block. Why aren't you guys getting what you want all the time, right? There is a genocide happening across the Middle East right now. I was in Bethlehem two weeks ago. Bethlehem is now a Muslim town where our Lord and Savior was was born. Uh, I was out there and there were Muslim men doing their call to prayer surrounding the Church of the Holy Nativity, right? Um, and, and we don't hear about that at the pulpit. We don't hear about that whatsoever. We're, we're part of the problem, I think, as Christian society. We have to get a little bit more excited and 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 and, and stand up for for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, so so I, I'm looking to the Christian community in the fallout of this, and 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 we have to start being leaders on this because God knows no one else is willing to do it um, outside of that gee I, I, I don't know I, uh, I, I've become really really you know obsessed with the Canadian uh, Sharia creep stuff right now and we've already talked about that. And, and I and I, I just I'm going to toss it to you Joe but I, I just want to say thank you so much for, uh, uh, you're, you're a gutsy woman a Christian laying it out because I said the same thing yesterday we've been saying the same thing we can win on the numbers Christians have to develop, grow a backbone, and we have to say enough. Not one. Uh, in fact, we have to fight back. It's it's the only way for us to survive. And I just again, I want to thank you for your voice out there saying, "Hey, let's get together." 
and well, let, thank let, God. You know, Amen. Yeah. So go ahead, Joe. Absolutely. And Christians have become the majority pacified for some reason and, and not willing to get together to use their influence, whether it's doctrinal differences or uh, denominational differences. I don't know, but uh, what Trump said and what you just reiterated were were uh, very accurate. And you know, why shouldn't an organization with the majority of of people uh, be able to to push through and 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 come together to get things uh, at least turned back to normal, some sense of normal. Uh, but this is what I want to ask you. you you've mentioned uh, you have your ear to the ground when it comes to politics. You've been in the media for a while. The political climate here in America, from what you've witnessed between the left and the right and the media, um, where do you think this is heading? Do you, we've had we've seen people talk about the possibility of violent civil war uh, with the differences that we have um, in the basically two belief systems, which uh, historically, I don't know why uh, people are getting so invested. Maybe it's because Trump, he's, a, he's an outsider. He brings um, new possibilities. But it seems like people are, are you know, locked in more than ever to the left-right paradigm. Uh, where do you see this going? Because it, all the news reporting, fake news reporting, it doesn't seem to be changing anybody's mind. People only seem to be getting uh, dug in even deeper in their positions. How do you see this playing out? I... I don't think that violence is off the table. I think that um, both sides of the camp have been pushed to further extremes, and I think both sides are mad. And I know that when words fail, violence takes over. And regrettably, since about the time of you know the the, the American Marxists and, and developing their schools and so perfectly executing their plans to commandeer everything from your media your politics, your schools, your unions. Um, what they've done is robbed Americans of their usual language. They've robbed them of rationality. They've robbed them of critical thinking. Spend one day on a university campus and find me someone who can put together a logical argument. Those kids are now voting. Those kids are now living away from mom and dad and, and, and free to act themselves. And, and they're on both sides. You, you have... You know, who, who, who are, who are the people who won wars? They're, they were young men. Why? Because they were full of testosterone and they believed in something. Well, you've got that population right now, and both sides have been radicalized. You have young white men who've been told that they are the enemy, that they are, they are, they are the oppressors, right? And, 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 and this is the thing. You know, Andrew Breitbart once said, um, the cultural Marxist came to America and they understood that the haves and the have-nots uh, dichotomy would not work there because everyone was just chasing the American dream. I, I might be a have-not tomorrow today, but I want to be a have tomorrow. So what do they do? They, they changed the lexicon to, to the oppressors and the oppressed. And right now, everyone has a beef. Either they feel like they've been oppressed or they feel like they've been wrongly painted as the oppressors. And they don't have the common ground and... Words stopped making sense. 1984 has become America 2017, right? There is no debate. Look at what happens to, to when my colleagues in the media show up at university campuses. They have alarm bells and sirens and fire alarms pulled over them, uh, uh, over top of their speeches. They're, they're, they're mace. They have rocks thrown at them. I've been at these things. I was just at one last, the last month. Um, these kids can't argue anymore. They can't debate anymore. And we've told them that that's acceptable. And so what's going to happen when they're mad and they can't articulate things because they haven't been taught the merits of, of, of the marketplace of ideas? They're going to they're gonna take to arms. And, and something needs to be sorted out, but I'm not sure that things are going to get better. I, I, I worry that things might get a little bit worse. And, and you know, 
Orwell said at a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. And I think that you have a president right now who is just the tip of an iceberg of a revolution. And um, I pray to God, I pray to God that he covers your country and he covers this whole continent and, and Europe too, for that matter. And it keeps us away from that. But I'm just not convinced that, that frankly, um, like I said, it's going to get better before it gets worse. Wow. Wow. Faith Goldie. Thank you so much. I, I know that it's been a busy day, busy week, busy month for you. Uh, th- th- thanks for dropping by, and uh, I do hope that you can uh, find time to come back. Uh, you're a gracious, uh, a gracious guest, and certainly a fearless journalist. And we are proud to know you. Rebel you're, Media on YouTube. Yep. The Rebel Media is the website. Yes. God bless, guys. Don't be a stranger. Happy to come on anytime. Thank you. God great bless you. Thank you. What a great Bye-bye. lady. What a great lady. I'm telling you. And, and folks, her introduction to you, the first time, first time on the Hagman Report. And I want to thank John and, uh, for, for, and Brittany and whoever else was involved in, in bringing her on. Uh, follow her. Yeah, She's got her YouTube channel. Yes. Um, subscribe. And I, 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 I signed up for, uh, Freedom to Offend. Uh, I, I pledged today on the, on Freedom to Offend. Freedom to Offend is the uh, petition, right, right, that right. she, yeah, folks, uh, support her as best you can. Subscribe to her YouTube channel, bookmark her website, and, and pay attention. She's got a lot of common sense um, content she, that is defying what the government is trying to do through the, you know, blasphemy, anti-Islamophobia uh, laws. When we come back, Roger Stone will be our guest. Don't go anywhere. Greenovative. Go to HagmanReport.com. Click on the link to Greenovative. What Greenovative is, it's a small company in Florida. They created something called the GMAG Power Cell. It produces electricity by adding salt water to this unit that recharges rechargeable batteries. It's the coolest thing you'll ever see in your life. It's really neat. Really a, a super device. All right. You need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a bang, you're charging your rechargeable batteries. Super GMAG chargeable is affordable. It's lightweight, weighs about eight ounces. It's durable. It's EMP proof, and it's environmentally friendly. Yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, six AA batteries off the grid when other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night. Go to greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com. Perhaps you're a business out there, a small business. Would you like to extend the reach of your business? I bet you would. Would you like to to have the same opportunities as companies such as Omaha Steaks and Pro Flowers and, and Casper Mattress and some of the bigger companies out there? Would you like to have that same power? Advertise on our program. Go to HagmanandHagman.com or send an email to opportunities at HagmanandHagman.com. If you go to HagmanReport.com and HagmanandHagman.com, there's a link where you can, you can, you can, it's a big red box. You'll see it. You'll see it. Click on that link and go ahead and read the benefits that we have created for you. I think it's, I think it's a fabulous opportunity.
investors, timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash, trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime, valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Consider visiting our forest plantations. Qualified, accredited investors should go to PreciousTimberProfits.com or dial 855-888-6288 for more information. Call 855-888-6288 or visit PreciousTimberProfits.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288, PreciousTimberProfits.com, PreciousTimberProfits.com. edition of the Hagman and Hagman Reporter. I would just want to thank all of our sponsors. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so very much. Thank you, listeners, as well, for supporting our sponsors. And thanks for everyone who tunes in to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Uh, we're waiting to connect with uh, Roger Stone. Uh, you know, thinking about things, don't you... Folks, I love music, and sometimes I turn to music... Uh, it, it being one, music being one of life's greatest pleasures, I turn to music to be relaxed. Sometimes for motivation, sometimes for, um, just to, to, to fix, you know, if, if you're feeling down or you, even body aches. Look, music has tremendous power. It's got the power to bring a tear to the eye, quiet a racing mind, power to heal. It's got the power. That's been used throughout the ages to, treat depression to create energy to induce sleep to relieve chronic pain I can go on and on and on music is a tool folks let me direct you to whole tones at wholetoneslive.com wholetoneslive.com musician and author Michael Terrell he was on with us here not too long ago and he explained the process of whole tones wholetoneslive.com he explained his music projects and now he's got a discographer. What do you call that? A discography? I don't know, but it's a wonderful visual stimulation uh, project, folks. You can benefit right now from this revitalized ancient healing music therapy simply by listening daily to the music and in two whole tones live in the comfort of your own home or your car or your office. You know, as we as we go from spring into summer. Oh my goodness. Uh, reward yourself with the gift of healing and transformation. Don't miss this opportunity to get an absolutely free sample of the music, this particular music. This is, I recommend this highly. So you can bring the benefit into your home. Bring it to your family. Bring it to your wife, your children, especially if you've got toddlers or, or even babies, pets. Folks, support this show. Go to wholetoneslive.com and get a free sample of these soothing, relaxing, revitalizing musical tones. Go to wholetoneslive.com. I'm going to spell that for you. That's whole as in, as in entire. It's W-H-O-L-E, wholetones, T-O-N-E-S, wholetoneslive.com. You will be glad you did. Wholetoneslive.com. Michael Terrell, just such a gifted artist, and the music projects are just 
absolutely wonderful. WholeTonesLive.com. Now, uh, as we wait to connect with, uh, with Roger Stone, you know, he's been in the news lately, and in case you haven't heard, he's a little busy at the moment juggling plates. Um, I, I, I read a, a interesting story about Roger, and I didn't know this, but back when he was in first, <laughs> when he was in first grade, um, he, uh, he uh, I think I might have it here. <clears throat> He was, uh, he was involved in politics back in first grade. Uh, he, uh, he convinced his first grade class to, uh, vote against Nixon, I think he did, despite the fact that he later worked for Richard Nixon. But, um, uh, by convincing students that if they didn't vote against Nixon, or Nixon, by voting for Nixon, uh, they, the, 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 uh, school would be on Saturday too. I mean, it's just an incredible story. His life is—it's it, an incredible uh, life, an incredible journey. And we know that right now the deep state has declared war on him. So we're we talking with him, uh, hopefully momentarily. And again, I know he's busy. He was mentioned, I think, uh, almost two dozen times, nineteen at least that I counted in the House Intelligence uh, hearings. Meetings with the Comey and uh, there's an article on Drudge right. today from the Miami Herald. Yes, hardball political operative Roger Stone finds himself on receiving end. Yeah, and there goes the ad popped up here. But uh, yeah, he uh, he's going to have to. Uh, well, he, he, he talks he, about the politicalization, the, the politicization of this, and how he, and he's scheduled now to. to am, am I? He's scheduled next week to to appear in front of the the, the House House Committee, uh, I believe, the House Intelligence Committee. So he's going to have, and I'm glad he's going to have that that time. Uh, at least I'll, we'll have to ask him about it when he when he comes on. But it's my understanding from the just everything that I know. This man has been set up so. I mean, he's been set up. Uh, he has been used as a um, pinata political pinata and a, a, a practical one a virtual one at that too if you if you check what the week before last or it would be last week perhaps he was t-boned he was driving his car and he was struck by another car t-boned at an intersection and um hit his head pretty hard and has in fact has some residual eye problems right now from that accident and then of course you, you all know of um of his, uh, what happened when he got really ill. But, but Roger Stone is a, his books too, the, uh, the Clinton's War on Women and his latest book, of course. And, and folks, if you, if you haven't read this book, this is a fantastic book, The Making of the President of 2016 by Roger Stone, an incredibly talented author. And, uh, he appears on, on all of the news programs except for the progressive liberal media, of course. Uh, but again, he's a talented author. He's a, a incredibly seasoned political operative and pundit. He's a veteran of nine, count them, nine presidential campaigns. He served as senior campaign aide to three Republican presidents. He's an outspoken libertarian. He's the uh, author again of the, one of my favorite books, by the way, is The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LLBJ. I read that book and I've got, uh, and you can even ask Tech Eric and my daughter, I've got, We've got we have a huge library here, over fifteen hundred books, and and uh, I, I, one whole uh, section is de- is dedicated to JFK assassination research. 
Well, I would rank the man, the man who killed Kennedy, the case against LBJ, at the top. At the top, bar none. And his latest book is, is equally good about Donald Trump. So while we're waiting for him to come on, um, just some information there. And of course, you know, being a political pinata and the, uh, target of the progressive left, it cannot be, it's, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be tough, especially when words like treason are thrown around. I, can you imagine? And, and I, it's, it's one thing to say, you know, well, you know, it's, it's, it, this name calling and such. No, I mean, th- this guy, this guy, um, again, knowing what I know is being set up for, some pretty bad stuff. And, and he, because he poses such a threat to the progressive globalist elite. So. And same thing with, with Trump and his, his, yeah. um, team. I mean, you know, they're, they're being dragged through the mud and yes. what some call a political witch hunt. And we've seen the narrative, uh, continue since, you know, last summer with this Russian narrative from Russian, Russia hacked our elections to Russia influenced our elections to Trump colluding with Russia. Without any evidence, without one shred of presentable evidence, even from what I understand, circumstantial evidence. Well, I guess yeah. you know. With, uh, well, anecdotal evidence probably would be more. Yeah, yeah more I of guess. A, uh, but still, I mean, and just this week, I, I really I paid attention to you know some of the MSNBC stuff, and I know Dad, you watch some of the same shows. We talked about Brian Williams within a, you know a three minute period at the opening of his show two nights ago. He demanded proof of Trump's wiretapping allegation, saying how this Trump saying Obama wiretapped him was completely false, fabricated, a, a complete lie. And he wanted, if there was any proof, he wanted it right now. And you know, without even taking a breath, he turns to the next story: the Russia uh, Trump collusion, without any evidence, basically talking about it as it was fact. And we continue to see these pundits, these Democratic congressmen, yep. part of the you know Obama administration um, loyalists, coming out and and continuing to throw baseless and and, and uh, unsubstantiated accusations with an anonymous one anonymous source or you know the fake dossier we saw that was uh, created by a British spy and meant to be used against Trump, which BuzzFeed and CNN reported on, turned out to be a complete uh, bogus. Uh, intelligence report that was ne- never had any uh, facts in it. It was created just for the purposes of to make Trump look bad. And my question with all this is why are we seeing I mean, why can't they get off the story? What are we being distracted from? What is the underlying agenda? And this See, we know, you know from the Obama's yeah. organization uh, they sure. want to uproot uh, the Trump administration, they want power. They want the control over the power. Uh, I don't think it's a distraction though. I think, no, I'm, I but, mean, but, go it ahead. It's a distraction because it's, it's, it's for, for almost a year we've been hearing, not a year, about eight months we've been hearing nothing but, you know, Russia, 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 there are enemies. Right. All Correct. this time there's no evidence whatsoever. The only, uh, issue was, was with one of Trump's appointments with, uh, General Flynn who was working and did not disclose this to people. This is why he got fired. Did not disclose this with Pence. He was working for Turkey as a lobbyist. Well, uh, right. He actually registered subsequent too, but but nonetheless, the informal right. relationship. And the conflict of interest in the lying to the but, vice president. That, yeah, I, I but, can understand that. But to, don't fall. I mean, I, this is my my advice. And and 
tell me if I'm wrong, okay? When you say, what are we being distracted from when they're pushing the Russian narrative? Or, not that, if it isn't a distraction, it's a strategy to undermine the Trump um, administration and uh, an attempt to, I mean, what do they hope to get out of it? Even the investigation that's ongoing now is not a criminal investigation. It's well, an intelligence gathering investigation where... But somebody's. Uh, I've said they're trying yeah, to set yeah, Trump up. We talked yeah. about this yesterday. The possibility of bringing out fabricated evidence. They, they continue to harp on this for a reason, and I don't think we fully understand what those reasons are yet. They have an agenda. Ooh. They have a, a big play, a big con, a long con, as some would say, uh, running on this, and I don't think we've seen the ends of it. And that's my biggest concern is the fabrication of evidence and and, however i believe the end game and i think this is so important i believe the end game on this and anyone who doesn't believe this look look but the end game here is to is to get rid of uh president donald trump or get rid of trump as president i don't think that this was i don't i think that is the it's not a distraction i think that's the motive here and but how can they legitimize that? But because without evidence, without proof, without facts, I mean, they can. They're continuing to push this story because I believe they have an end result. Not that they're going to be relying on actual evidence or facts from an investigation, right? But they have something else in mind. Um, I believe that. Well, I, we'll I, see that sooner I, than later. I think. But okay. But here's what I think. Uh, when you say they've got something else in mind, I think, in my view, what they have in mind is step two. Not plan B, but step two. Uh, right. Okay. And that step two is taking down not just President Donald J. Trump, duly elected. Yes. Okay. Sure. You've got the, uh, um, not my president. Right. But in tandem with that, concurrent with that is to take down the institution of our, our government institution, our constitutional republic. And I think that's the ultimate objective. And, 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 President Donald Trump stands, stands in the way. But more important, well, equally important, I shouldn't say more important, you've got political figures like Roger Stone, like, um, well, you've got political advisors, you've got people around the president, in the orbit of President Donald Trump, and they're picking them off one at a time. And um, that's, that's what I see taking place. And, and you know, I, I just... When you when you start seeing people, and this is my personal view, when you start seeing people like Roger Stone, a, uh, a political advisor, very seasoned, tough guy. I mean, really a tough guy. Uh, very adept at political, you know, dodging and uh, dodging all the political shenanigans in the crosshairs of the intelligence community, as you said, you know, without anything other than anecdotal evidence. However. Nonetheless, in the crosshairs, based on alleged um, incidental communication surveillance, everything is open. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Just getting some information here. And again, our, our, we're, we're, you've got to understand, okay, uh, Roger Stone... Is has been scheduled to come on and uh, confirmed again today. Yeah, uh, so I don't know if there's an issue. Obviously, uh, finding out you got to go testify in uh, the intelligence there's, committee. There could, could be some legal issues, sir. And yeah, I mean, um, if if it doesn't work out today, maybe we can we can. Uh, uh, anyway, you know what? It's early. John's yet. on. John's John. John's one that that um, put this all together. So we'll bring him on and hear what John has to say. Uh, John, are you there? Well, John. I am, Joe. Thank you so much for 
letting me jump in here for a moment this evening. I apologize for interrupting, but I just wanted to speak with you directly and take a quick minute to thank all the Hagman listeners and viewers for bearing with us. Uh, Roger Stone's team is phenomenal. They're great people. And um, apparently what's going on is he uh, is having really a rough day. So he has a Global Star call-in number. There is a possibility that we may be able to bring him in. He can join in progress at some point this hour. But I just wanted to touch base with you and let you know that I've been in communication with his publicist as well as his manager. And uh, as of right now, Mr. Stone is uh, unavailable. All right, and we know that he was he was hurt. He's got physical. Um, he, he has a detached retina. Uh, I know that he he's uh, had a, he also had a head injury um, from that car accident. Look, folks, we're not playing games here. This is this is not a game, and it, it was a hit and run. I don't know how many people know about that. Um, John, you I mean, look, you, you know. You yeah, you know what we're all dealing with here, right? I mean, yes, yes, sir, I do, and that's thank you, Doug, for for giving me another moment here, and I'll just take another moment of your time here this evening. But folks, please understand that that as far as Mr. Stone is concerned, he's a hundred percent broadcast professional, a consummate professional, and a gentleman. He's got a great team. Uh, his publicist Jen, his manager Johnny, they're fantastic people. Uh, Bill McIntosh of Okeso Media was instrumental in putting this together. And the bottom line, folks, is this. And this is there's no hyperbole here. There's no exaggeration. This is the world that we're working in right now. There have been not one, but two attempts on Mr. Stone's life in the past two weeks. And he was gracious enough to agree to join us this evening. But with all of the legal heat, with all of the fake stream media implications on his former business partner uh, regarding the whole Russian connection, et cetera, plus the fact that Mr. Stone is dealing with a detached retina, and some uh, lingering head trauma. He was, folks. He was. They tried to poison him, and then about a week later, he was hit and run, t-boned. And he, it was nothing short of a, a miracle from God that he lived through that incident. So I just want to be very clear to all the listeners and all the viewers this evening. He has a fantastic team. I've been on the phone with New York and DC. And if Mr. Stone is able to join us in progress this hour, he will. And he does have one of the uh, Global Star call-in numbers, and uh, producer Todd will take care of that should he uh, manage to join us this hour. If not, well, we will reschedule that, Mr. Stone and certainly keep him in your prayers, folks. In, indeed. And, and, I, and I'll tell you this. You, you remember our conversation from earlier today. Yes, um, I do. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you, there are people who, who did not want Mr. Stone to appear on our program tonight. And I'm just I'm, I'm going to tell I'm telling this to John for the first time. And as a matter of fact, uh, uh, the people here in studio don't know this, but um, there are people who advised us. Um, I, I want to be very careful how I say this. Yeah, be careful um, there, Doug. Yeah, there are people who said you don't have Mr. Stone on. And uh, my response what, to that time, was, or, or? no, period. My response was, well, you can imagine what my response was. And <laughs> I'm not going to go any further than that. And, and the information has been passed along to the people who need to be, need to be informed about that. Because we are not going to well, be, we are not going to be silenced. We're not going to be pushed around. We're not going to be bullied. We're not going to be, si- we are not going to be shut down or shut up. And, right. I, and I'm going to tell you something else. I stand. We stand behind Mr. Stone. We stand behind the uh, people who are fighting against the deep state. And I want to thank you, John, for your uh, uh, just 
tenacity because it's no easy job, man. And and people people better understand what's going on. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll just make one final remark, and I'll I'll hand it back to Joe and yourself. By the way, just a quick big Hagman thanks to our first-hour guest, Faith Goldie. Uh, Her show, again, folks, On the Hunt, uh, and that is uh, uh, once a week, every Thursday night on Rebel Media. I thought Faith did a phenomenal job. Stick with us for next hour. We've got uh, former CIA officer Kevin Shipp. Uh, returning to the program after it's been a couple of years since we've had him on. So we've got a great program planned for you tonight. And folks, this is where it's really important that we have a 90 plus percent Christian audience. We need to cover not only Roger Stone in prayer, but his entire team, because I'll tell you what, we take some heat here at the Hagman and Hagman Report. We do. It's what we do day in and day out. Uh, let's just say, it, let's just say it takes a special breed. Okay. And it takes a lot of prayer from all of you. But what Mr. Stone's team is dealing with right now, is exponentially uh, larger and more profound even than what we deal with day in and day out at Hagman and Hagman Report. And, and Doug, I'll pass it back to you, but I'm sure that you can attest that what we've been dealing with the last couple months, especially with this uh, social media censorship, has just been a big, fat mess. Absolutely. And, and um, you know, we see new issues coming of, of censorship, shadow banning on Twitter, um, you know, the hate speech on Facebook where they're banning, I don't know if you heard the beginning, John, where there was a, a post somebody wrote up there about, you know, wanting to kill all white women and that was reviewed by Facebook and there was no, uh, after they reviewed it, they said it did not violate their terms of service, yet they're turning around and saying, you know, people who are posting Bible verses and only Bible verses are, are violating their terms of service. And, you know, we see this, this war on, on free speech, this, we talked about, uh, with, with Faith Goldie, the, uh, M103, the uh, blasphemy uh, law against Islamophobia that was passed in, in Canada, and it's just getting crazy. And just as a note to you, John, and to our audience, uh, Kevin Ship said he would um, jump in a half hour earlier, so he'll be joining us after this break uh, to talk about a number of things. Former CIA officer, he's he's, he's another guy that that let me tell you, folks, he's deserving of all of our prayers. He is fearless, and he is a man of integrity. And uh, I, I really have a lot of respect for that man. Well, gentlemen, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, take I'm gonna take my gracious uh, uh, exit here from the show this <laughs> evening. Thank you so much for having me on for a moment or two, folks. It's really serious game time right now. Please keep this show covered in prayer. We need your intercessory prayer. Remember Roger Stone and his team, uh, Jen and Johnny in uh, D.C. and New York, respectively. Cover them in Hagman prayer as well. And. Uh, just God bless you all. Have a wonderful week. And Doug, Joe, I'll hand it back to you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, brother. And that was John right. Robertson, our, our producer, um, our program director, the, the guy that makes this happen in terms of guests. And, and let me tell you, again, um, folks, if you – what's going on in, in the back channels is is so incredibly evil in my view. Uh, so incredibly, uh, so incredibly troubling, disturbing. Disturbing is in, is in our rear view mirror. We passed disturbing, you know, a long um, time ago. Before we, we get to our break and bring, uh, Kevin Chip on, there's a story, uh, there's two things. Dan, have you ever heard of this book, The Liberal Mind, The Psychological Causes of Political Madness? <laughs> no. I'm gonna order this book, uh, I, I was just reading the, <laughs> Um, there's there's a website liberalmind.com, um, and it talks about how 
it talks about human nature and the liberal mind, and it, and it describes how modern liberal collectivism undermines the legal and moral foundations of ordered liberty. And there's a lot more on the on the website, uh, but I wanted to see yeah. if you, you've heard of that before. No, who, what's, who's the author? Do, do we know offhand? Yeah, the author is Lyle Ross Rossiter okay. Jr. M.D. 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 C. Okay. MD. All right. And um, there you go. I mean, it's it's a from what I'm reading, it's a great description. It's only it's less than twenty bucks, and it looks like it's uh, from a few years ago, but obviously still very relevant today. Well, well you and know, it, and it breaks down the goals of of the. Uh, modern liberal agenda. Uh, it breaks down the psychology. It breaks down the moral and legal foundations of individual wow. liberty versus the liberal modern agenda, and so much more. It's all listed on the website liberalmind.com. But that uh, I was wow. looking at this due to a, a story on the Associated Press. Associated Press issues new guidance on sex gender. Avoid referring to both or either sexes. Um, today, oh my email goodness. subscribers using uh, listed updated entries. For its style manual, the AP or Associated Press is using journalists to avoid making references in news stories that suggest there are only two sexes in the human race. I'll keep my manual from, I think it's 1985. I've got it on my desk. It's the uh, citation and the style manual. Yes. They say the term gender is not synonymous with sex. Gender refers to a person's social identity, while sex refers to biological characteristics. Not all people fall under one of two categories for sex or gender, according to the leading medical organizations. So avoid references to both either or opposite sexes or genders as a way to encompass all people. Yeah. When need, needed for clarity or for in certain stories about scientific studies, alternatives include men and women, boys and girls, males and females. The, uh, you, you guidance, can't fix stupid. You can't fix insanity. I, 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 I really, you can treat insanity. You can appeal to stupid, but you can't fix either one. And you can't use they, them, or their because it might offend people who are not comfortable with the traditional male or female personal pronouns. Really? That's well, what they say. Uh, okay. But this is, I mean, this is the Associated Press. And you talk yeah. about um, yeah. the liberal insanity and needing to understand the liberal mind. I mean, you have you know half these, these snowflake insane liberals who are uh, you know LGBTQ advocating for the Muslim religion and, and immigrants when the Muslim religion itself talks about how... And in other countries, executes homosexuals. Uh, the same thing with it's with amazing. It's a, the it's people marching, disorder. Joe. The people marching. I used uh, to disagree with people who oh say my liberalism is a mental disorder. I, I, yet but no, it's got to be because the, there's something there. Uh, there is something right. there, and I think um, that Faith Goldie uh, explained it really well <laughs> in the segment she was on. She talked about how you know how they're taking away the ability of people to debate, and when when words fail, uh, violence begins. And I think that was a very accurate statement. She, I think uh, I believe that she did say that in one of her in that video that she did. I mean, if you spend any time on on uh, well, the Hill or Mediate reading through comments, oh, it's crazy, isn't it? Your head will explode. Mine almost does every time. And just to see these people defend, uh, you know, no morals or pushing moral limits, and yeah. and you know, just this perverse way of thinking and living, it is. I even told you yesterday or today, I said, I have to question myself when I see how people believe um, this. It's so backwards and upside down. I have to question my own common sense to see if, if I'm the one who's messed up. But obviously, um, with a biblical foundation and, and worldview, uh, you can't go wrong with that. Folks, when we come back, Kevin Ship will be joining us. Don't go anywhere.
visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. There shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Masterpreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you could possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. To, I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Erickson. It's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family. Masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? Hi, I'm Grace Gonzalez from Chang Post in the Woods. We are an American family-owned company founded and built on skills and knowledge gained from responding to 18 major disasters in the U.S. and around the world. We found that most people don't have enough food and water to survive, let alone any medicinals to save their life. We are offering 25% off our must-have American Heritage Armies kit. It contains 12 homeopathic armies, a booklet that goes over everything in your kit, and our brand new book, Major Disasters Lessons Learned. Just enter coupon code HAGMAN. In life or a disaster, you must be able to take care of yourself. You may not be a medical doctor, and your grandmother and your great-grandmother probably weren't either. But they still knew how to minister to their family's health issues. And so can you. Check out our American Heritage Armies kit at www.changewithwoods.com. Your life may depend on it. This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. That means you can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. Terrorism expert. He's held several high-level positions in the CIA. He was assigned as a protective agent for the director of, uh, of Central Intelligence, a, he's a counterintelligence investigator, uh, team leader, protecting sensitive CIA assets from assassination. How'd you like to have that job? I mean, you think you got, you think you got a tough job? Uh, think about that one. Lead instructor for members of allied governments and internal staff security investigator and polygra- uh, polygraph examiner tasked with protecting the CIA from foreign agent penetration. 
And, and uh, I'm going to tell you, um, M. Stanton Evans, the author of Blacklisted by History, I, I often refer to that book on this in this program. Senator Joe McCarthy was correct in his statement uh, or in his uh, assertion about the communist infiltration in our government post-World War II, and M. Stanton Evans really did a great job. Uh, may he rest in peace uh, with respect to uh, laying it all out. Uh, the history that we've been told is is not correct. Before we get to our guest, folks, if you haven't done so already, grab a hold of the books written by T. C. Joseph, a good friend of the program. He's got it's a trilogy. He's got three three books, all dealing with uh, current events. And actually, it, it's current events meet uh, uh, prophecy basically, and, and he gets into a lot of incredible stories the character development in in his books it's just fantastic his first book is pen and, uh precipice second is pentecost and third is penance he's a talented writer um a good again a good friend of the program you can go to thisgenerationseries.com for his books or you can go to amazon uh, as well, but definitely grab a hold of this generation series by T.C. Joseph. He's again a very talented writer. And speaking of talented writers, if you want to, uh, if you really want a good read from the Company of Shadows, Kevin Ship is the author of of that book as well. Uh, that's always in our office on our bookshelf or uh, on one of our nightstands. It's an amazing book. It's by Kevin Ship, our guest right now, again, former CIA officer and anti-terrorism expert. And folks, if you haven't caught some of uh, Mr. Ship's uh, uh, presentations on the internet about the deep state, oh, you you got you to do so. But he's here with us now, and without any further ado, thank you, my friend, for coming back and joining us uh, uh, on the Hagman, Hagman Report. Thanks, Doug. It's good to be here. Oh, it's great to have you. It's great to have you. You know, uh, and, and thanks for filling in. We were talking during the break. <clears throat> Roger Stone was scheduled to be, be here, and and you know how it is. I mean, you were involved in this uh, this stuff, the, this political stuff. Uh, he, and you said he's in the eye of the hurricane, and man, what a hurricane it is, being an enemy of the deep state, as you are as well. Yeah. Yes, and and our thoughts. And prayers go out, out to Roger. He is in the, the eye of the hurricane against this shadow government that we're talking about, or the deep state, which is coined, coined by uh, Peter Dale Scott. Uh, they are after him. They're after President Trump. Uh, for the first time in history since JFK, the shadow government and deep state is hanging out there in plain view, and it's being questioned, and it's being looked at, and we are seeing an absolute firestorm in Washington and beyond. And, of course, Roger's caught up in the middle of that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I looked at, I was following the hearings. Um, well, you're, you're the guy really to ask about this. The hearings that were held last week, the Senate, uh, or the, uh, how, the Intelligence Committee, the House Intelligence Committee. That's correct, right? I, I didn't. House Select Committee on Intelligence. Thank guy. you. Yeah, Thanks. Yes. All right. Yeah, I had a lot of things bouncing around in there. Um, did, what did you think of those? Well, I've had, uh, that's a good question. I've had experiences with the intelligence committees, uh, committees, both House and Senate in the past, and they're, uh, 
They're they're a difficult uh, a group in that a lot of times there are things that uh, you would like to get through the committees that don't get through. You got to remember they're they're staffed with congressmen and senators, and they have political uh, kind of pressure on them also. So. In this case, when Chairman Nunes has just come out, he, what he did was relatively heroic in revealing some of the NSA surveillance that has been connected to Donald Trump. That, that's the first time anything like this at this level has come out of any of the intelligence committees. So they have a function, but having been inside, having dealt with the intelligence committees, com- committees and having seen uh, things withheld from getting in public, you know, there's a there's a good side and a not-so-good side. But for Chairman Nunes to come out and reveal what he did is, is absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal, because he's getting a lot of heat, of course. You tune into some of the progressive stations or MSNBC and the like. People's heads are exploding saying, well, uh, he spoke out of turn. He shouldn't have said that. He should have. But without respect to that, um, a lot of people don't believe, or a lot of people are looking at, at, at um, first of all, I think a lot of people are, are fooled about what's really taking place. I think a lot of people... Yeah. Don't understand the process. You understand. You understand the process, the FISA yeah. process, the yes, Article Three uh, wiretaps or um, the, what Article Three surveillance or Title Three surveillance, and the difference between the two. Um, before we get into like the the bigger picture, what, what happened? I mean, can you, in simple terms, explain what we saw? This past week, with the hearing, uh, with respect to Comey and Rogers, and really what the entire issue is about, based on your experience and knowledge. Sure. Of course, you know, coming from the belly of the beast and, and having uh, fought this personally, I can kind of see things from the inside, and, and it's r- pretty clear what they have done is they've taken legal laws, and as they have done many times, they've skirted and kind of manipulated those. And with, with the FISA Act and, and the FISA regulation and guidelines, the FBI and the NSA can tap into a phone, text, text mail, what have you, uh, if there is a foreign target, a, a possible in foreign intelligence target of the United States, but they cannot tap into any communications, uh, of, allegedly of U.S. citizens. If they do, if a U.S. citizen is communicating with, let's say in this case, the Russian ambassador, the NSA is required to black out, they call it mask, to mask all the names of any U.S. persons involved in that surveillance. What is dramatic here is, uh, and this is what Chairman Nunes courageously came out and revealed, is uh, it is pretty clear that they unmasked the names of Donald Trump uh, and some of his campaign team in this NSA surveillance, revealing their names, not just the NSA, but if you remember Obama, who was is a uh, certainly connected to the, the deep state shadow government without a doubt, before Barack Obama left office, he passed a sweeping legislation allowing NSA surveillance uh, transcripts to be disseminated to all the other 15 intelligence agencies in the U.S. government. That is a huge dissemination. So you've got this uh, foreign surveillance of these foreign parties, and there are three different investigations going on, but you've got foreign surveillance of these foreign parties. Included in that surveillance was Donald Trump and some members of his cabinet and team their names were originally masked or blacked out. Uh, uh, it, it, it is pretty apparent that their names were unmasked. So when this information went to the other 15 intelligence agencies, and we're talking tens of thousands of people, potentially, Donald Trump's name was unmasked and revealed. Members of his cabinet were unmasked and revealed. And I can tell you right now, uh, you guys, from personal experience, if that was done, that is a felony. That's criminal activity. Wow. 
Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, one of the big things about um, when we talk about the deep state and the undermining of Trump that first came out was these leaks, these um, classified leaks that were coming out. Uh, there was a number of leaks that were that were crimes that were committed, but nobody seems to be wanting to get to the bottom of this, or we haven't seen any action um, against the leakers. And I believe it was even narrowed down to, what did I read, um, 50 people or 150 people, maybe even less than that. And now... Yeah, we have the unmasking. Well, that's what he was saying. But but you were also talking though about thousands of people. And, and, and am I correct in, in also believing that this could involve because of what Obama did, not just domestic but also international intelligence uh, assets? Well, that's a little different story. There's been a, a lot of talk of of uh, British. Uh, GCHQ and others. That that's a little different, and of course, not to go into to the depth of that, but that's a little more difficult for even uh, even British or foreign allied foreign intelligence services to get access to this information. That that's kind of done on a a more compartmented basis. So when this information goes out, based on the the law that Obama passed, uh, when it goes out, it goes out to just to the 15 U.S. intelligence agencies. Now, could they disseminate it to a foreign allied allied government or intelligence? Absolutely. So, okay. Yes, they could. All right. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. You know, we were talking about this earlier, and, and that goes to goes to your question. But uh, um, so the data collection, and you you've been speaking about this forever, folks. Kevin Ship is our guest, and uh, his book from the Company of Shadows. It's re- really require, required reading. Um, follow him on Twitter as well. Just go to Twitter, Kevin Ship S H I P P. But it's our show right up on Hagman Report. Absolutely, yes. Um, but having said said that, um, where is I going with this? Uh, you've you've got the uh, the uh, obviously the uh, surveillance. Well, l- let me stop there. Do you believe, based on your experience, uh, could this have been ordered at the administrative level, like from well, the White House? Yeah. Uh, yes, um, and, and let me, I think, explain something that would be probably good for your listeners to hear. Uh, there's a lot of talk uh, about the shadow government now and the deep state. And you remember, I think uh, we all talked several years ago, a couple of us came out talking about the shadow government when it wasn't cool <laughs> and right. uh, really took a huge risk, uh, and it, it was questionable for a while there. And and now everybody's uh, talking about the deep state and the shadow government because it's a lot more safe, I think. But they're missing a very, very important point uh, because it's kind of the spin that's put on this. They're saying that, well, Obama left some deep state plants uh, within the government, the, the CIA and other, other intelligence agencies. These are Obama deep state plants uh, deep within uh, these, these agencies. Yes, there are Obama people in there. His former NSC is partly responsible, but... We have to understand that the shadow government and the deep state is uh, far more than just Obama plants. It includes neocons in Washington and others uh, going into the military-industrial complex and people deeply connected into that and Halliburton and on and on and on. So it's not just Obama plants. It's a much, much bigger picture than that. And this massive shadow government matrix structure has not been challenged since JFK. And we're seeing we're seeing things rock in Washington because of that. So... Uh, this this is an all-out assault, in my view, on Donald Trump because he has, many times before he got into office, stated that he was going to do an investigation of the dark parts of government, the CIA and others. He was going to clean the swamp of some of these things. So he's a direct threat to the shadow government. 
you go back the last 40 years and see what the CIA and other parts of the secret government have done, some of the false flags and other things, uh, there's a lot of skeletons in the, in the closet. Uh, I, I am certain of that. So, uh, they are ganging up on him with every quadrant that they have and they are trying to destroy him. I think that's pretty obvious to everyone. And for the first time publicly, people are seeing the deep state shadow government right out there in front of their eyes actually operating. This hasn't happened, as I said, since at least since JFK. Man. Okay. Um, Kevin, if I can ask you, I don't know um, if you saw what what Judge Napolitano on Fox News said about uh, GCHQ and the uh, you know Obama outsourcing the intelligence gathering to the British agency. He was kind of put on temporary leave after that, and he had it uh, confirmed by three sources, I believe, which was one more than the standard needed uh, uh, journalistic standards. Any uh, insight or thoughts on that? Yeah, first of all. Uh Judge Napolitano, I think, is one of the greatest constitutionalists we have in this country. Uh, I'm a big fan of his, uh, and I'm sure he will recover from this just fine. Um, it, uh, the, the problem with that information is that there are sources out there, former CIA people, former people who say they were CIA people, people who, who were CIA and, and, and say they have access that they didn't, and it, it is a minefield. Um, for someone that is actually in the CIA and, and has a CIA clearance, for them to reveal to anyone, uh, to a member of the press or otherwise, that there was a connection with GCHQ is top secret code word information, they would be terminated and probably face prison. So, so the penalties are high. So that, that sort of thing rarely happens. It, it can happen. It does happen. Uh, but it, it, it rarely happens. Uh, and to get these people to come out and confirm what they're saying is virtually impossible because they're claiming Information that is, is secret and within uh, within the CIA and in, in the NSA in this case. So uh, it's real difficult to prove that. And someone coming out as a source and saying that it's so, that's you know that's a minefield. Uh, and and there's a lot of that out there now. And, and the sources that talked to to the judge, I'm sure were were good ones. But uh, you just have to be abundantly careful. So uh, you just can't get hard evidence from a secret organization. And that's of course part of the problem. Exactly. And again, folks, uh, our, our guest is Kevin Shipp. Um, he's a former CIA officer and anti-terrorism expert. He's well known throughout the intelligence community. And we want to give a special thank to, to Brent Belsky and Spy Theater. Yes. They are, uh, the PR people that work with, with Kevin Shipp. So Great again, a big people. thank you to Spy Theater and Brent Belsky. That, yes, and, and yeah, uh, Mr. Shipp, you've got great people, uh, you know, working on your behalf and with you. Brent Bellas, he's a, he's a great man, a good friend of mine. That's fantastic. Um, so, so just to kind of recap, and, and, and really, I, I just, we just love to listen to you. Before the, before tonight's program, we, we were talking, and, uh, when we were talking about your, your segment, we were, we were thinking, you know, um, You've given so many great presentations. Your knowledge about the deep state. So we want to do more listening than talking. But before, before that, I want to ask you: um, Do you believe what we're seeing right now? Obviously, this to me, this is a coup. And I think you had referenced this in one of your one of your appearances, one of your presentations recently. To me, this is a coup of government. Do you see? Well, I got about a thousand questions right now, ready to go. Number one, with respect to the unmasking, leaking that information, do you see any kind of any anybody going to jail for this or being held accountable for this? That's the, that's the sad part, Doug. Uh, if you remember going back, 
uh, John Brennan and the CIA <clears throat> hacked into the Senate computers and stole information on the CIA torture program. Yeah. That was a flat-out felony for the CIA domestically even, especially to hack into the Senate com- computers and steal information is a felony. Was John Brennan prosecuted? Uh, well, no. Was anyone in the CIA prosecuted? No. Uh, you remember when the NSA uh, hacked into phone calls uh, between Congress and, and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu about the Iran nuclear deal? Did anyone go to jail for that? No. No one. Was anyone indicted? No. Was there even an, a, a hearing or investigation? No. This is the deep state. It commits felonies. Uh, uh, with impunity. With yeah, impunity. Yeah, right. And then prosecutes your average American or anybody that dares have, even like John Kirikow, a good friend of mine, Spent two years in prison for a slip of the tongue. Good CI officer, decorated CI officer. Uh, so they'll go after to a good innocent uh, person who who made made a very simple mistake, which I have to be careful of all the time. And yet, when when the heads of these departments commit direct, flat out intentional felonies, uh, they walk completely. That is the shadow government. Yeah, indeed. And if folks, if anyone knows, uh, it's Kevin Shep, our guest, and you can follow him on Twitter, Kevin Shep, on Twitter. From the Company of Shadows, his book, I highly recommend that. I really do. A man of much integrity and character, uh, and a guy that does know about the deep state, about really what's going on. So, okay, the uh, current climate. The last time we had you on, it was, it was a couple of years ago. A lot of things have changed. Uh, my goodness. I mean, I, I think it, even it was pre-Benghazi, but, but so much has yeah. happened, you know. Uh, the, the landscape as you see it. Take us where you take us where you'd like to to go at this point and start because I almost feel that like our questions would be almost minimal compared to your bird's eye view of the geopolitical landscape as to what's going on. So, um, where do we stand right now with President Trump, with uh, Obama as you know the part of the shadow government the intelligence agencies apparently at war with uh with with our administration i mean i don't even know where to even start it's 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 uh it's a shocking uh set of circumstances you have a president elect and now an elected sitting president under direct assault by us intelligence agencies i mean if you wanted to sum it up uh, that's it right there uh, they are literally trying to destroy our president. Whether someone likes Trump or not, you know, that's up to their political view. But this is the president of the United States under direct assault by our intelligence agencies. And that, that is clear. If you go through, you know, I, I like to say you, you, you'll know a man by his enemies. And if you look at, at, at the things, the people that have stood against Donald Trump before his election and now that are part of the intelligence community, let's start with uh, General Michael Hayden. Former director of the NSA, former director of the CIA, came out and 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 said that Donald Trump is a useful fool of the Russians. Well, uh, this is the same Michael Hayden that engineered and architected the NSA domestic surveillance program that spied on everything we say, do, and write—a felony according to the Constitution. Um, uh, uh, coming out trying to stop Donald Trump from being elected. Then you've got uh, acting director of the CIA, Mike Morrell coming out saying he will do everything he can or said he could he would do everything he could to stop Donald Trump from being elected and everything he could do to get Hillary Clinton elected. Well, this is the same Mike Morrell that changed the Benghazi talking points and intentionally removed references to al-Qaeda 
from those talking points. Uh, you've got Charles Schumer, uh, the Senate Minority Leader. I don't know if you guys remember what Schumer came out when, when Trump said that he was questioning what the CIA was saying. Schumer came out on the Rachel Maddow show and said, well, basically, he needs to be careful. Because yeah. the intelligence community can get back to you six ways from Sunday. Yeah. Now, think about how, think, think how, about how chilling that is. <clears throat> you better not talk about the CIA president-elect, because if you do, they're going to come back and get you. That's what he said. Uh, you, you have, uh, James Comey. Now, we know that James Comey sat on, uh, I believe it was Lockheed Martin, made six million dollars a year while they were donating to the Clinton Foundation. His brother Peter does the taxes, uh, for the Clinton Foundation. Uh, and on and on and Comey goes. So Comey lay, lays out a case for prosecution with direct evidence for Hillary, Hillary Clinton's criminal activity. And then he doesn't charge her. Everybody's sitting out there. You remember Trey Gowdy was outraged. Everybody's sitting out there, their jaws dropped. There was there was enough evidence, so he doesn't pro- prosecute Hillary Clinton with all of her global connections, so- Saudi contributions to the Clinton Foundation while she's in office, the emails on her private secret surfer in her house, and on and on. He doesn't prosecute that, but he does an investigation on, on President Donald Trump when it's been said several times they found no evidence of collusion. Mm. So so you can see these people surrounding Donald Trump in, in this fashion, and every single one of them is a career deep member of the shadow government and you, we could go into their backgrounds even further than this because some of them are pretty dark so you you kind of can know Donald Trump by his enemies, these people did not want him in office because he had said that he was questioning the CIA, that he was going to investigate things that the CIA had done and now he's in office and they do not want him conducting those investigations no they don't and they don't, Yeah. I mean the, the as you just said, and my dad I think he said it earlier today, you can not only judge a person by the friends they keep, but by the enemies they have. But just so, yeah. you know, you're yeah. just saying, and and um, I've had my the way people have have latched on to Trump is almost like the you know um, the the I, it reminds me of uh, you know we've seen how people and how the government it's been it's been shown you know people can't trust the government they're spying on you they're they're taking your money they're they're doing all these things that are unconstitutional trying to undermine our our uh, moral foundations, our, our judicial and, and legal foundations in so many different ways. And then somebody like Trump comes along, and a lot of people, um, and for good reason, he's, he's an outsider, he's much uh, a different person than these career politicians, uh, it gives them some hope. But I also saw a lot of people um, removing themselves from the from the fight, from the, um, you know, that they, they think Trump's going to solve all their problems, kind of like what Obama did. Uh, when he had everybody on his bandwagon at the beginning, and that, that's a little troublesome. But the more I see, the, as you said, you know, the senators, the congressmen, all the media pundits, the intelligence agencies, both nationally and internationally, these people coming after him, um, it makes me wonder if he isn't really a true outsider candidate that's trying to, to affect some some positive change to get this country back on track. And I and I do believe he is. I've just well, always wondered if you know what from from left field. Uh, can you tell me? Do you think? Based on your your own assessment, did did Donald Trump plan to win? Did did he expect to win? Well, um, I think he did. I think that's a Donald Trump. <laughs> I, I think he he planned to win because that that's kind of uh, Donald Trump's personality. Um, I do think that. I know there's a lot of people that 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 think that that was all part of a, of a big uh, operation. But no, I think he did plan to win, and I think that was reinforced every time he went out, and there were throngs of people that came to to his speeches. It was pretty clear to him at that point and by, by everyone else that watched the size of the audience said, wait a minute, this guy could win. So I think uh, when he was six months or so out, I think he was pretty convinced that he could do it. 
Um, Kevin, what I was going to ask you is... Um, yeah, I interrupted. Go ahead. We have, you know, the midterm elections coming up, and we see all these these uh, congressmen and senators, um, and we, we can gauge, you know, what they want for this country uh, moving forward. Are they anti-Trump or are they anti-American? We see their sentiments uh, almost clear as day now, which is one thing Trump has, has done either intentionally or unintentionally, is people are being shown uh, some of these leaders' true colors. The midterm elections, do you believe that we will see uh, an influx of more um, American-centric, uh, freedom-constitutional-loving people, or do we think we'll get more of the same, even riding this populist wave um, through the midterm election? Well, uh, I think sadly because because the I, I call it the state-controlled media has, has ginned this up, and of course Soros is in there with with his multiple organizations and media matters and on and on and on we go out there uh, publicizing these twisted messages to the American public and they're going out all over the place and they've ratcheted that that up tenfold. That's going to have an impact on the elections uh, when they when they do come up. It, it's it's uh, kind of concerning uh, what's going to happen. Now the good side of that is you look back and you saw what happened to Donald Trump. We all know. We've got friends, family, and people we've known for a long time that, that were just waiting for an opportunity to throw some of these corrupt people out of Washington. Those people are still there. That sentiment is still there. Folks, we're talking with Kevin Shipp, and he's going to be with us um, in through the next segment, uh, in through the next hour. Um, his book, From the Company of Shadows, Company man, of Shadows it's yeah. required reading. It really is. And at Kevin underscore Shipp on Twitter, I just... Uh, went back and I wasn't following so I, I made sure I, I followed him there and you should do the same we'll be right back with Mr. Ship after these short messages don't go anywhere thriller predicts the future. In three days in the belly of the beast, Daniel Holdings wrote about the God Particle before CERN actually discovered the God Particle. And as the darkness falls, Daniel wrote about an Islamist terrorist confederacy that rose up out of Syria and declared a caliphate three years before ISIS was ever heard of. In his newest novel, Between the Veil, Daniel talks about a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the creator to his creation. Will war come to America? Will the world's economies collapse? Are we looking at increased earthquakes and volcanic activity? Will the United States fall into civil war? You can find all of Daniel's work at his website, DanielHoldings.com. That's DanielHoldings.com. All of these things and more are talked about in Daniel's books. To find out what's coming next, go to DanielHoldings.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest-yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high-net-worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. 
For more information, qualified accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com or phone 855-888-6288. That's 855-888-6288. This announcement does not constitute an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offer made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 or visit ProfitsInCoconuts.com. ProfitsInCoconuts.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stain by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stain by Blood at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stain by Blood. So glad that so glad that you're joining us. If you're watching us live on YouTube, welcome. Of course, you uh, if you're listening to us on Global Star Radio Network, thank you so much. Go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel, as well as if you're listening, happen to be listening to us on BTR. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us tonight, and for your belief and your trust in us as well. And we're so pleased to have Kevin Ship, former CIA op- officer. Uh, anti-terrorism expert and the author of the book from the company of shadows what a, it's a fantastic book it, it it does get into what mr ship went through and you can find as a matter of fact um we had just listened to the interview that he had done with us the first time he was on incredible amount of information mr ship is just uh, a talented author but uh but what they what what he went through and his family went through is just incredible uh, you know where we where we stand or where I stand, Mr. Ship, in terms of the massive amount of information, everything that's going on, and uh, direct us. What is most of what should the American people be looking at right now? Most concerned with with respect to the intelligence situations we're seeing, the hearings, um, the leaks, the unmasking, the treason. Where do you start when you wake up? I mean, I mean, where do you start? Where would where would you? I mean, what's most important to you? Well, it, it uh, you know, I'm a recovering CIA officer, is the way I like to put it, and so I, I come uh, from in there, and so I watch it kind of from the view of an internist, and I, I saw some things inside, uh, some of which you guys know about. Uh, there was a, a huge vulnerability left our agents open for assassination, and. I uncovered that and reported it, and my reports were destroyed. I was threatened on the phone. Things were removed from the server. We were put on a base, eventually exposed to a bunch of poisons, on and on it went. So uh, I, I, that's when I began to see, goodness gracious, there's a there's a big system operating here that you don't really see that. In, in, a, in the case of the CIA, you don't really see that until you get up into the higher levels. The CIA especially is, is to use a, maybe a loose analogy, is, is like a, 
kind of like a dark compartmented castle, and it's got uh, secret rooms, and you have to swear uh, kind of a blood oath to get into that secret room. But 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 if you're in that room, you don't know what's in the other rooms unless you you're approved from the people people in the upper chambers. Then you swear an additional oath to get into that chamber. So so most of the employees in the CI do not know that these things are going on. Until you get up in the management levels, and that's that's where I got to, and I started seeing these things happen. And uh, every time I said, "Well, the CIA would never do this," they did it uh, over and over and over. The higher I got up, so so I know how how this beast works from the inside. And and what people need to understand is, uh, if you want to su- sum this secret government, this shadow government, up in kind of a simple phrase, it is a massive complex, multi-billion dollar complex that functions in secrecy and the important part is it functions outside the Constitution and with no input from the American people. Now we can go into the intelligence connections, we can go into the Wall Street connections, we can go into the media, Operation Mockingbird connections which still exists today and, and all the different facets of the secret government. But in essence, this is a massive system that functions outside the Constitution. And that's what I think people need to remember. This is unconstitutional. And, and it's sad to say uh, we are living under a post-constitutional government right now. This thing is operating with many times without congressional knowledge. For example, when Secretary of State Clinton was running guns through Saudi Arabia and, and Qatar into, into uh, Benghazi, uh, ultimately, and then up to the Free Syrian Army and rebels up in Syria, a lot of those weapons fe- fell into the hands of al-Qaeda, and uh, ISIS members are now using those arms and equipment. Well, that was done behind the back of Congress. That was done behind the back of the American people. Not only did the American people not know about it, they sure didn't approve their tax dollars to the tune of billions being spent on those things. That is the secret government. And that's what people need to understand, that this thing exists. This thing is, is spending their tax dollars on things that they don't even know about. And here's a way to kind of sum it up. Uh, we're in a very serious economic crisis right now. And Americans are suffering. People are losing their retirements. They're losing their pension. Uh, prices of food are going up uh, uh, almost every month. Uh, and Americans are, are suffering economically. Uh, Congress and the Senate even are saying, well, we're going to solve this. We're going to do this and that. But it, it, it never happens. However, when it comes to a secret operation like sending guns to Benghazi, Congress and the Senate automatically spends billions of taxpayer, tax, taxpayer dollars on these programs with no consent. Uh, is there something wrong with that picture in a constitutional government? Yes. Americans suffer. Some barely have enough to retire on, while the government spends billions of their tax dollars in secret bud- budgets for operations like Syria that result in the death so far of 470,000 civilians. So, so th- this is what people need to be aware of, that this thing exists. It is unconstitutional. And, and the, the first step is knowing that it's there and knowing what it is. And then we as Americans can start standing up against it in programs like yours, which are so important, and start getting this word out so people see what, what is going on. Can, can we ever hope to walk this back? The, the, the surveillance apparatus that has been built, especially post 9-11, do you see any possibility of being able to, to dismantle it, walk it back? Well, uh, in, in, in my presenta- presentation on the, on the secret government, the shadow government, and, and how the government silences whistleblowers, I kind of break this down. Let me, let me uh, if I may, sum, sum up what we're dealing with. The shadow government has 10,000 secret sites within the United States since 9-11. It's got 1,271 private corporations, big ones, Lockheed Martin and others, that are have 
operational contracts with the CIA and the, the shadow government. There's about 1,300, let's see, there's 1,371 private corporations, 1,271 other federal agencies inside the United States. That is just one part. Then we've got all the military-industrial contractors, which is hundreds of thousands of people. And what's important to realize, every single person in every one of those organizations and the hundreds of thousands of people in the military-industrial uh, complex that have signed CIA or NSA secrecy agreements are bound for life by that secrecy agreement. Not only are they bound uh, for life from not talking about anything that they see, good, bad, or ugly, but their entire retirement system, their family's finances, and everything else is dependent on that. So you've got this massive system with billions and billions of dollars running it uh, based on war and based on nation building and based on, on uh, things like that. Uh, and it, it has got hundreds of thousands of Americans tied in financially with their retirements. So is something uh, that huge that has so many Americans, good Americans, in bondage like that, uh, it, it, can that be turned around? Uh, uh, nothing's impossible. Well, as, yeah, as, yeah. And I think if we ever had a chance, I, uh, I'd like to believe um, that we have a chance right now with our current administration. Uh, something, you know, if I can jump in here, we see some of the pushback in different areas. The um, immigration and refugee issue, Kevin, we see the executive order that the first executive order Trump issued, um, a 90-day temporary uh, ban on, on seven um, primarily Muslim nations that was going to be used to expand the vetting um, of who is coming over here. Then that was blocked by a number of federal judges. Now he rolled out a second executive order, um, reducing the number of countries to six. It was still only a 90-day uh, temporary uh, restriction, and we saw another number of federal judges come out and and move against Trump with their um, judicial rulings. Do you think he'll be able to get anything done in the way of immigration uh, with people uh, like these judges and these Obama administration holdovers working against him, and you know the news working against him with the sentiment of the American people saying that he's racist and you know some kind of white supremacist extremist and and he hates refugees and hates Muslims? How do you think that will play out? Well, you know, they, they have been, uh, this, this subversion, I, g I gave another lecture, lecture on the subversion of, of the U.S. government, particularly under the Obama administration. This subversion has been going on for over 30 years of planning and penetrating people in federal positions, including judges. And uh, so this uh, uh, apparatus has been in place for some time before Donald Trump got in. I think the encouraging thing about all this for, for many of us, especially me as a, as a former federal agent, the encouraging thing is uh, Donald Trump is not a part of this apparatus. He's not a part of this system. And uh, uh, it's clear he's uh, he's really trying to change these things. Can he change the immigration uh, problem? I think he can. I think if he sticks with it long enough and, and if some of these neocon Republicans uh, get with the Constitution, maybe they'll get behind him and support him. That's a whole other issue. Uh, but I think I think you can change anything if you just don't give up and you keep pushing it. So I think that if he does, uh, if more information gets out about what this immigration problem really means, and it's, it's a, essentially a cultural jihad where they're trying to pump uh, uh, Islamic uh, uh, migrants, most of them young men between, between the ages of 18 and 24, 
there, and, and, and this is, you can read this in, in their writings. They're trying to pump these populations into the West. Uh, it is that serious. And also, you have to remember, they said this under, under Obama in the State Department. Well, we have vetting in place, in place for these uh, refugees coming out of Syria and Iraq. I can tell you, as a former intelligence officer, there is no vetting process in these countries. They don't have a criminal records database. They don't have a visa database. They don't have any database. So that was a bold-faced lie. There is no vetting, and that's what Trump and his cabinet know. There is no vetting. There is an intentional operation to plant uh, jihadist jihadists in these refugees to get into the West. All that is true. All that is documented. All that is accurate. So what Trump is trying to do is extremely important. The, the, the point I'm getting at in that regard, he's not going to give up. And, and the supporters out there, the American people that supported him, they're not going to give up. And I think that's, that's always been the great hope of America. When you've got somebody that is that courageous, uh, believes in the Constitution that strongly, uh, not even death can stop. They, they will, they will continue on. And then, of course, you add the, the component of faith in there. Yeah. Uh, it is unstoppable. So, it's a hard fight. It's a huge fight, but it can be won if people don't give up. Uh, who, who, in your estimation? I mean, uh, the, these, of course, the the immigration issue, the some of the other issues. Who do you believe right now closest to Trump represents perhaps the the greatest threat to him? Uh, I mean, from your perspective. <laughs> Well, I got a few names in mind right now. <laughs> so, uh, it, it, as far as his team goes, uh, he's got you know we're, we're all examining the the team that he's choosing, and that's a very difficult thing for him to do because uh, you know people are connected all over the place in different ways, especially in the financial sector. Um, there are uh, some Republican congressmen that I think uh, have got some nefarious connections. Uh, one of which leaked the fake Russian dossier to the CIA and FBI. And I'm speaking of John McCain. Uh, that are pitted on destroying, they're pitted on destroying this president. Now, there, there is something very dark about Mr. McCain. Uh, let's, we can start at the, at the very superficial, uh, uh, part of things. Uh, he receives millions of dollars from the military industrial complex, co contributions into his campaign. John McCain loves war. And that's what John McCain does is stir up war. But for a congressman, uh, or excuse me, for a senator, to, to take a dossier. Now, now, this dossier was created by, as you know, a former alleged British intelligence officer who got it from a source who got it from a source. So we got it from an unnamed source who got it from an un, unnamed, unnamed source, and we know now that none of it has been proven. It's false. But the big question is, is someone paid for his investigation? And, and who was that? Was it the CIA that paid for his investigation? It wasn't cheap, so-called investigation. Was it, uh, was it the CIA? pay for that investigation. It was CIA Director John Brennan that leaked that false dossier dossier to the press, as mind-boggling as that is. Well, wait, uh, wait a second. John Brennan leaked Brennan? Yes. Or? Yes. By all accounts, it, it, uh, it, John Brennan leaked that false dossier to the press, claiming that the intelligence community had looked at it and considered it legitimate. The press, the Washington Post, uh, we could go off on the Washington Post oh. connection to the CIA all day long. But the Washington Post, of course, took that and, and ran with it. So uh, enter John McCain, who started this whole ball rolling. He's the one that got his hands on this fake dossier, took that dossier to the FBI and the CIA, and turned it over against Donald Trump. Uh, treasonous? The attack on a president, president-elect? I mean, I mean, 
if there's a person that needs to be under investigation, I think we got our man right there. So the point I'm making is there is people like that, not just on the Democratic side, but on the Republican side also targeting President Donald Trump because they are part of the shadow government and they have deep ties in, into the into the deep state, some of which are, are there's, there's investigations going on right now, some of which are potentially very, very dark. Mm, okay. Can you give us a... Well, can you give us a couple of examples? And I don't, whatever you feel comfortable, because I know you know things that you can't say. So, but but, but when you say very dark, if, for example, uh, something well, you know. Yes, yes, and and uh, there's a video out there. I've already been targeted for assassination. So you know what what was the Mad Magazine used to say? What me worry? <laughs> Besides that, I think I know where I'm going. You know when I when I leave this planet. <laughs> but but seriously. Uh, um, the the email leaks. Let's start there. Um, this 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 entire Russian narrative is is an old, the oldest CIA trick in the book is a false flag. You create a boogeyman and you blame that boogeyman. You uh, you blame the boogeyman for what you're doing, right? Uh, so WikiLeaks released the Clinton emails, the DNC emails, and John Podesta's emails, right? Right. Uh, by all accounts, and no one has disputed the fact that those emails are authentic. All of them, every single one of them, contained in those emails is very politically dark activity, potentially criminal activity, and very concerning, well, dark activity. For example, yeah. there is a direct reference to spirit cooking. Now, let's just let's just ask people to go out and Google that term, and understand that this is coming from the most powerful people in Washington, connected all the way into the top uh, echelons of government. Uh, if you go through these emails and you just read these uh, accounts for what they are and you do some research on what spirit cooking is, uh, you, it's going to be pretty disgusting. So uh, this this dark apparatus we're talking about goes deep into Washington. I think it involves blackmail. I think there are congressmen and senators that could easily be brought down by some of this. I'm absolutely convinced of that. I think there's investigations ongoing regarding that. I think there's a very significant investigation going on in the Clinton Foundation. Uh, a good evidence of that is the Clinton Foundation closed itself down in 24 hours, shut its doors, and, and got rid of all of its employees that fast. That tells you something. So you've got this massive, massive amount of uh, unbelievably corrupt, illegal, and even dark, occultic even activity going on in Washington that would bring people in high places down if it was revealed and and cause outrage among the American people, so what do you do? Well, you 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 bring up a boogeyman called Vladimir Putin. The Russians did it. Well, Hillary Clinton had a secret server in her basement, a complete violation of federal law with top secret code word information on it that she didn't even let the State Department know she had. Oh no no no, but Trump Trump is colluding with the Russians. Uh, well, Hillary Clinton de deleted thirty thousand emails and obstructed justice. No 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 yeah, but Russia but but but. Uh, 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 Trump is colluding with the Russians. Mm -hmm. What I want people to see is this false flag that they're using. This Russian connection is a false flag by the shadow government to cover up. I've just talked about the tip of the iceberg here on this criminal activity on the part of Clinton, on the part of some of these congressmen and senators and campaign managers, and on and on and on this goes. They they are desperate for survival. They will do anything to keep this stuff from getting out in the press, and their boogeyman is Vladimir Putin, and their target is Donald Trump. And this is a false flag operation by the shadow government to try to stop Trump's investigations uh, Investigations of some of these things I just talked about. 
You're exactly right. And one mm. thing that I still see in articles even just today when they're talking about this Russian collusion, they keep referring to the DNC emails and the Hillary Clinton emails and their damaging contents to Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign um, as though the 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 crime was in the uh, hacking and releasing of the emails rather than what the content of those emails were. And some of the things I remember from those emails, there was not one email that, you know, that talked about uh, in her inner circles how to help America, how to make America better, how to, you know, uh, do anything positive. It was all how to, to get money from people, how to give access to people giving the money, the spirit cooking stuff. I mean, just in, in, in the media, as you pointed out, continues to, to make it look like the, the leaking of the emails was so damaging to her campaign. But that's not true. It was the content in the emails that was oh, so sorry. damaging to her campaign. Oh, you and, nailed it. Oh, and they won't, they won't talk about that. And we, things we even know now, Podesta was lobbying for a Russian bank, getting paid, his firm was getting paid millions of dollars, him personally getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars during the campaign cycle. The Uranium One deal that uh, has been pointed out yeah. where Clinton personally made millions of dollars personally from selling 20% of the United States uranium to Russia and what we've talked about on the show is the the projection these people whatever they seem to be guilty of project that onto their opponents and blame them right. for the same things and right. it, it's just crazy to me that they've been able to, to get away with it for this long but the media, if there was any collusion uh, even a legal collusion. It was between the media and the Clinton campaign trying to, to make sure Absolutely. that Hillary Clinton got elected from the fake polls to, yep. um, you know, lo- you know, saying Donald Trump has no chance of winning to the fake scandals. They even tried to say Donald Trump was, you know, uh, going to be indicted for the rape of a 12 year old girl. And yep. yeah, I mean, it's just mind boggling to see that they're still allowed to continue to push their false narratives uh, in the public. And- you're, you're right, and, and what you're saying has been proven. Everything you just said has, has been documented and proven that that's exactly what they did. And, and could you believe that that just before the inauguration, CNN comes out with a, with a piece, what if Donald Trump is assassinated? Who in the Obama administration would take his, his place just before he went up to, to do the acceptance speech? Now, that pretty much says it all right there, that... that uh, uh, you can go back and back and what the, what the ma- mainstream media has done to attack Donald Trump and, and you know, there's a whole other program and how the mainstream media, the Washington Post and others are connected to the shadow government. But, but, but yes, I mean, that's a- absolutely true. What is in the emails is authentic. What is in Clinton's emails is authentic. What is in Podesta's emails is authentic. The number of criminal offenses that Hillary Clinton c- committed is authentic. Her connection to globalism, receiving payments from the Wahhabi government of Saudi Arabia, is authentic. This is all proven and documented. Oh, but wait, oh, wait, just hold on a second. Trump is colluding with Vladimir Putin. He did do it. You know, it's called a false flag. This is the way we put it in the CIA. Uh, admit nothing, deny everything, and make counter accusations. That's basically sums up intelligence operations right there. Now, is that what we see going on here? Yeah. Yeah, make counter. You raise up the boogeyman, Vladimir Putin. And if you do some checking on Vladimir Putin, he's no prince, but he's not the, the demon they're trying to make him out to be. Obama was trying to push for another Cold War and, and war with Russia. Why? That's what the shadow government wants. John McCain and others of the, the military industrial complex, they make billions off of that. And, and an interesting note, when Eisenhower gave that speech about the military industrial complex, his, one of his final speech when he went out, so it must have been pretty important. He initially, in the speech, called it the Congressional Military-Industrial Complex, and they, they talked him into taking the Congressional part off. 
He'd seen the lobbying that goes on with congressmen and senators who pass legislation uh, for their lobbyists and not for their constituents. He, he saw the corruption in Congress, of which there is a lot, and actually had that in his speech, and he was talked into taking it out. Uh, so uh, that, that's how huge and massive this thing is. But, but I think what, what I want, uh, what I'd like for your, your, your uh, listeners to grasp is this is a classical intelligence false flag. Blame Trump connected to Russia to cover up all of this criminal activity on the part of Hillary Clinton, to cover up this dark stuff that's in the emails. It's the oldest intelligence trick in the book. It's the oldest shadow government trick in the book. And if people will, will recognize it for what it is, every time they try to pull the Russia thing, they'll see what they're doing. And that is so, so important. They'll understand what's going on here. This is a false flag intelligence war against the president who's about to investigate all these things I just talked about. I hope you're right in the in the Ooh. investigation part because we really do need to get to the bottom of this. I do have a question for you. When it comes to Vladimir Putin and Russia, the Democrats are obviously in the media make it out like Trump was colluding with them. But you know the the Democratic Party and their communist Marxist ideology doesn't that align more with Putin and his country's ideology? Why would he Why would he and his nation interfere or whatever in a U.S. election to get somebody? that would be an opponent to him rather than somebody who would be an ally like Hillary Clinton that has the same ideology, probably even more extreme than, than Vladimir Putin. That, that's, a, that's a great point. Why would the, the progressive left, Hillary Clinton and others, the Sololinskyites who are, are clearly Marxist and, and believe the Constitution should be changed, should be a living document, that's one of the, the platforms of progressivism, that the, the Constitution should be malleable so they can change it, that is, that's a Marxist platform. Why wouldn't uh, the progressives and Hillary Clinton want to want to side up with with Vladimir Putin if he's such a Stalinist bad guy, which is what they're trying to make him out to be? What what people, of course, you you don't hear this in the media because the media's got its financial connections directly into military industrial contractors like General Electric and others, and we know that six corporations own most of the media outlets, and their board of direction directors are are tied at the throat financially with these organizations. So you're not going to hear this there, but what you don't hear is 85% of the Russian population are Orthodox Christians. Vladimir Putin is an Orthodox Christian. Vladimir Putin has issued orders to protect the churches in Russia from Islamic destruction because the, the, the Muslims the Muslims in, in Russia were starting to burn churches because that's part of, of that particular slant of their doctrine. So Putin cracked down on that to protect the Christian churches in Russia. He uh, issued statements saying that Russia would not tolerate the parts of the Koran that, that talk about murder and violence. He came out with that statement. Uh, people don't know this either, but Vladimir Putin protected the Christian sectors in Syria, and he even supported funding for a 105-foot statue of Jesus in a Christian sector in Syria. Uh, ironically, it was the U.S.-supported Free Syrian Army that came into one of those cities and massacred the en entire Christian village. This is the moderates that, that were supported by the United States government. Vladimir Putin has come out and said he will have nothing to do with Barack Obama's New World Order. And recently, and I'd encourage everybody to watch this speech, Putin came out and gave a, a speech uh, talking about the degradation of the West, the collapse of Western morals, and the rise of pedophilia in Western governments. Now, we'll just leave that right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I saw that. We're up against the break. Uh, yeah. Kevin Ship is our guest author from the Company of Shadows, a fantastic book. You've got to, folks, you've got to grab that book. Um, it really gives some great insight into, uh, well, into the company, <laughs> into what uh, Mr. Ship went through and his family. 
and uh, it's an amazing read. It really is. And also follow him on Twitter. That's Kevin underscore Ship. S-H-I-P-P. We're going to be right back. You're listening to the Hagman Report. Our Mr. Ship is so gracious for uh, bailing us out and, and being our guest as well. Gracious gift of time. Folks, we're going to be right back. Give us three minutes. See you on the other side. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. There shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Uh, folks, I'm going to direct your attention to MasterPreps.com. MasterPreps.com. Wow. Uh, MasterPreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, MasterPreps.com. That's MasterPreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. To, I mean, it is, it will, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Eric's. It's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family. Masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? Hi, I'm Grace Gonzalez from Trang Post in the Woods. We are an American family-owned company founded and built on skills and knowledge gained from responding to 18 major disasters in the U.S. and around the world. We found that most people don't have enough food and water to survive, let alone any medicinals to save their life. We're offering 25% off our must-have American Heritage Armies kit. It contains 12 homeopathic armies, a booklet that goes over everything in your kit, and our brand new book, Major Disasters Lessons Learned. Just enter coupon code HAGMAN. In life or a disaster, you must be able to take care of yourself. You may not be a medical doctor, and your grandmother and your great-grandmother probably weren't either, but they still knew how to minister to their family's health issues, and so can you. Check out our American Heritage Journey's kit at www.changelessandwoods.com. Your life may depend on it. everyone. This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. You can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. Welcome back, folks. 
listening to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We've got a, a, a tremendous, uh, a good friend, uh, really. And, you know, when when people talk about the CIA, it's it's you think, wow, you know, you see all the bad stuff out there, but there are great officers, great agents, people that would and are laying down their lives for this country and, and for the good for for good. Uh, Kevin Ship is one of them. He's the author of From the Company of Shadows, and he's our guest. And I, I just thank him for his gracious gift of time. Um, coming out into this hour. I had mentioned or asked during the break about there are so many people, Mr. Ship, that want to know the status of the investigation with respect to the Huma Abedin, uh, Anthony Weiner task force, computer, you know, emails, what's going on with that. And I know that you know some, or you've got some information on that. So fire away with that. Enlighten us as to what might be going on. Well, during the investigation of Anthony Weiner's uh, um, child molestation, uh, then they had obviously definite probable cause to go in there. They secured his laptop, and on that laptop, uh, they found some some uh, uh, pretty uh, shocking files. One was titled "Life Insurance," uh, um, where he had collected uh, a lot of information on a lot of activity with a lot of people. Uh, they also had, I think, 600,000 of Hillary Clinton's emails that he'd stored on there and apparently shoring himself up in case every, anything happened to him. The N- NYPD accessed that computer, accessed the information on that computer, issued a few statements essentially that what they found on there was not only disgusting, uh, but could, could rock certain sectors of the government. Uh, the NYPD was going to come out. They were going to present that. I wish they would have. The DOJ under Loretta Lynch shut that down uh, and silenced the NYPD, at least for, for now, from revealing what is uh, on that computer. Uh, in tandem with that was an investigation into the Clinton Foundation, uh, some of the connections there. Uh, there's, there's something extremely noteworthy in that investigation. So the NYPD investigation had revealed some very significant uh very dark activity from Anthony Weiner's computer connected to several people uh, and uh, were, were forced to sit on it for now. Uh, now, NYPD is a good bunch of folks, and they're not going to sit on it for very, very long if something isn't done soon. And this is another huge challenge that Donald Trump has because it, it is quite apparent that this information goes all the way into Washington, into the government itself. And... Uh, when you've got something that reaches in like that, then you have got a lot of people that want to uh, eliminate uh, people that have that information and stop that from happening. So uh, this is all going on under the scenes. My understanding is uh, Donald Trump uh, is aware of this, as you would hope he would be. Um, and uh, it, it, things in Washington, uh, when they are done, investigations are done like this, uh, they take time. When I was a counterintelligence officer, we had... We were searching for moles inside the CIA, and we had cases that I worked with the FBI, and uh, I would uncover my evidence, and, and I would uh, uh, work in tandem with the FBI. Some very good agents, but then I wouldn't hear from the FBI for months, and it started getting frustrating. Like things were just completely quiet. Would they, are they doing nothing? Well, no, no, they're not doing nothing. The FBI legally has to cross every T and dot every I, especially if there's an investigation of this magnitude. 
So if there's any reassurance, just understanding how federal investigations have to go, especially if they're dealing with people of rank in Washington, D.C. Uh, it's not just going to happen real quick. If it did, they could make some serious mistakes. Yeah. Uh, wow. So, so that's, I think, pretty much where it stands now. So, so you expect because the information I've I've gotten uh, at least okay. So the, the there was a, a task force of sorts that NYPD, FBI, other agencies, inter interstate agencies involved in securing the equipment. It was my understanding, in addition to the um, the uh, laptop, which was often referenced in the media, it was my understanding that they secured a router and. Um, some other equipment that I'll just leave it at that. Um, but the information I have is that the individuals, the lower, at least at least at the NY within the NYPD, and in particular the task force, are becoming very impatient. Although understandable, or their understanding with respect to the necessity to to uh, to be very clear, to to be very thorough on this, but there there's a level of impatience that's seeking in or seeping in here. Um, are any of these, shall we say, low-hanging fruit arrests? For example, the arrests in Los Angeles of 474 um, people that were arrested on pornography charges and, and child trafficking charges. The arrests in New York, Long Island, I believe. Are these related to any of the fruit of 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 this search, to your knowledge? Well, and there's been uh, there's been arrests in Pennsylvania also. I don't know if people know about this. There's been 200 college professors now that have been arrested for child molestation. Uh, you can look at it kind of like a drug investigation. If you're going to go after the drug lords, the first thing that you're, you're going to want to do is identify and arrest the traffickers themselves. You're going to arrest the traffickers themselves, bring them in, tell them, look, you're looking at 20 years in jail, or you're going to roll over and start give us, giving us some information on the big kingpins. And so they're going to go after that level first, turn them, get information, and then go after the big fish. Uh, it is quite possible that's what we're seeing here with these child molestation investigations, that they're doing exactly that. They're rolling these people up, they're turning them, they're getting information to, to lead them to the next higher level, and doing the same thing so that they have a, and they have to have a bulletproof case uh, before they go get the, the kingpins in these child trafficking rings. Makes sense. Yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. All right. Loretta Lynch, she's out. Um, Jeff Session, Sessions, of course, is in. Any thoughts on, well, um, is is Loretta Lynch? I mean, what are your thoughts on on the future? I, I that's the only way I know how to put this question of Loretta Lynch. I mean, is she pretty well insulated from any potential criminal liability or liability in general? I think she's insulated. Yeah. I, I think I think she's. I don't think anything's going to happen to her. She's even come out recently and basically called for unrest in the streets. Uh, uh, She's deeply connected. They've got her insulated completely. I really don't think anything, as much as we all would like to see that uh, scrutinized, uh, it, just my opinion, knowing the way things work, I think she's insulated. And the, the reason I ask that is is we see Obama and Valerie Jarrett kind of in that same compound house on Embassy Row there, um, along with Michelle Obama, but, but, but Obama running, organizing for action, and, and all of these these to me, seditious groups, 
um, that's part of the shadow government. Any thoughts on what Obama is doing in Washington? Yes. Uh, when I when I did the subversion lecture, I focused quite a bit on Barack Obama, who I believe was a subversion of the U.S. government. I think there I present about an hour's worth of evidence of that. Uh, he he. Some people think he was a Manchurian candidate. That's not. Uh, I know the concept, but it's not an accurate description. He was a, a, a subversive. Uh, uh, intrusion into our government intentionally. There's no question in my mind about that whatsoever. And you can see that continue when he's out of office. Uh, what other president has ever set up a, a covert organization to try to dethrone the president that, that took his place? Ever. Never. So the subversion, his, his, uh, MO continues. He continues to try to, sub- to subvert our government, our political process. And, of course, we know he's, fu- he's tied directly into George Soros, as is Hillary Clinton. Soros gave them both multi-million dollars into both their campaigns. So they're, being, they're connected to and being directed by him. And we all know he wants the destruction of U.S. sovereignty. The facts are out there. So the same subversion that Barack Obama engaged in when he was within our government, planning Muslim Brotherhood members and national security positions and on and on and on, that subversion continues. And people need to keep an eye on that. They they don't just want Donald Trump dethroned. They want this this uh view of, of the Constitution, uh its its foundation and, and even its uh accounts of a creator, they want that eliminated. And the question I get a lot is, well, why in the world do progressives connect with uh radical Islam so much? Uh if progressives are are pro gay rights and pro women's rights and we all know Sharia law is anti gay and really oppressive on women. Why do progressives and these Islamic factions join up? Uh, what what in the world is going on? Well, what is going on is they they have a common common enemy, and it's called the U.S. Constitution. Both of those groups want that Constitution either changed or eliminated. They both have a, the, the the ultimate goal of of the destruction of not just the Constitution as it stands now, but its its foundation and its underpinning, and that is. The traditional culture of America—that—that that is, the ethical, moral population of Americans out there that moved in this last election and said enough is enough. That is, is you can call it the Judeo-Christian foundation of America. That is what they despise. The progressives despise it. The Islamists despise it. They both want it eliminated. They want that constitutional uh, 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 um, brick wall removed so they can do what they want to do. So they have—they have a common goal, and it is phenomenal how these progressive governments defend these heinous Islamic acts like the one we just saw in London. They're refusing to call it a terrorist attack, and they're, they're trying to... Uh, Nigel Farage, who I think is another, another great person, they're trying to attack him now for putting his finger on those things. Uh, where does this massive thought police from the progressive side come from covering up these, these radical Islamic ta- attacks? Well, that's, that's what it is. They both have the same goal of eliminating the constitutional government that we have as we know it now in Washington. And, you know, there, you make a great point. There's an article today that we touched on in the very beginning of the show, how London attacker Khalid Massoud snapped because of racism in his village, went to jail and became radicalized. Uh, and we see this all the time. They're ma- they make excuses for uh, terrorists. They make excuses for terrorist attacks, trying to blame victims, trying to blame uh, members of the society. Um, and we talked about also there was a new... Um, bill passed in Canada, M103, which is it's a blasphemy um, law that deals with the uh, not being allowed to criticize. It hasn't been passed yet. It's Islam. Well, it was at some form. It was passed. Yeah, it was voted on in, in um, 
agreed upon. Oh, okay. But right. um, and we had uh, uh, Faith Goldie on from Rebel Media talk about this. But you're right. It, it's this, um, and I was, I was telling people, I'll say this again. There's a book that I'm going to order called um, "The Liberal Mind," and it deals with the uh, the psychological uh, makeup of the of the liberal left, the, the liberal mind, the psychological causes of political madness. And we see this political madness more uh, today than ever in, than I can remember any time in history. And there seems to be a break of of reality and common sense with a lot of these people, and yes. they're starting to believe in what they wish were were which wish was the truth or wish were the facts. And there there is a complete disconnect between anything uh, resembling facts and evidence uh, versus what they want to believe. And I don't think we can bridge the gap back um, where common sense, uh, even any any type of morals, will will fix this. I believe we're we're at a uh, a huge Gap and it's only continuing to get wider. Do you believe that they're they're continuing to widen that gap for the purposes of uh, destabilization through violence? Is it more of a um, coming after your enemies to to be able to shut them out and brainwash enough people to be able to to close them out, or do you believe that this is going to be uh, have a violent end? Well, I, I think I think we're seeing evidence of, of violence already. You know, in several cities, we've seen evidence of, of violence. I, I hate to say it, but my concern is is that the, that there will be violence and that the violence will es- escalate. My uh, master's degree is in forensic psychophysiology, and that's a fancy name for detection of deception. And that's how deception works. This is a this is grand deception perpetrated in universities. Uh, it's perpetrated uh, by large sectors of the media, based on exactly what we're talking about here. You can go. I can talk to some of my relatives who are millennials, and they they believe this stuff that we're talking about uh, in terms of this deception. They actually they actually believe it because they only get the information from one source, and it is a grand deception. And breaking deception is a very very difficult thing to do. My concern is yes, this will brew into violence, and I, I think. That's simmering under the surface right now, and I think that is exactly uh, what what Obama and the subversive movement want. They want this violence, and, the, and I think what they want to try to do, and they tried to do this before, draw the Tea Party out into the streets and force them in, into committing acts where they can finger them as fanatics, and you know, uh, I, they want this violence, and they want to provoke the good the good sectors of America who typically won't do anything because they're good. Christian ethical people, conservative and liberal Americans that that have faith and kind of a moral set of values, typically they don't resort to violence. But I think they're provoking them. They're trying to provoke them, as they did the Tea Party, to try to come out and and jump into this violent thing. So to answer your question, yes, I think they're pushing for violence. And I I hate to say it, uh, but I think that uh, violence may be on the horizon. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, Mr. Ship. if we can get into, uh, just stem away from from that and, and talk about something else that I think is driving this. Can you speak to CIA operatives and influence inside the mainstream media? Uh, yes, I sure can. Uh, let me let me give you a personal example of that. And you you guys, I owe you a debt of gratitude. I think I broke my case with you the first time back, and I came out in 2012, published some of the details of my story, and, and they had blacked some things out in the book that, that were illegal, and you guys remember that. Oh, that was yeah. our first interview back in, geez, 2013, I think yes. it was. Uh, when I came out with my story, uh, I learned one thing. As long as I played by their, their rules of secrecy, and I'm talking about the illegal part, there's parts of secrecy that 
that were, were created for good to protect our troop movements, you know, in the foreign field so they don't, they don't get ambushed. And agents like myself when we are overseas from, from getting, uh, uh killed. Uh, but that's, that is the only, and it should be the exceptional, uh, the exception in terms of secrecy. This massive system of secrecy has gotten out of control and it's now uh, used as a weapon instead of, of a protection. So <clears throat> I took a, I took quite a risk. Now everything, you know, as a former counterintelligence officer, I know what's classified and what's not. So I came out to the Washington Post and I said, uh, you know, I've been trying to play by their rules for uh, almost four years now. Uh, my investigation was destroyed. My family was poisoned. I was threatened multiple times. Obviously, working within in, in the system doesn't really work. So I came out to the Washington Post. Now, you all remember Operation Mockingbird. I think everybody knows about the CIA's manipulation of the U.S. news media through Operation Mockingbird. What people don't know is... George Bush Sr., and we could spend an hour on him, George Bush Sr., who was a CIA agent at the at time of JFK, George Bush Sr., after a huge amount of congressional pressure, came out and said, okay, we're closing down Operation Mockingbird. The journalists will no longer be paid to plant stories by the CIA. But from now on, it will be voluntary. And it doesn't cover uh, stringers or contract reporters. So Operation Mockingbird continues. So I went to the Washington Post with my story, taking a great risk, thinking at the time that you could trust the press, uh, gave my story to this particular reporter who went straight to the CIA and reported everything that I had just told him to the CIA, and then sat on the story for 30 days, claiming that, well, they weren't quite ready to publish it yet. So I, I called Charlie Savage, an investigative reporter, and, and Charlie said, give it to me, and I'll run with it. And, and uh, so when I finally realized what the Post was doing, I said, take it. And he, and he went. They didn't publish the facts completely. They didn't get enough into the poisons uh, on the base and, and where that came from. But but Charlie did get it out. My, my point is this. If you go down through history, even today, and you look at the activities especially of the Washington Post, they're always citing unnamed sources, uh, unnamed intelligence sources. Uh, whenever they say that, that means the CIA. Let me just say that, okay? So this is how it works, and this is kind of the worst kept secret in Washington. The Washington Post, uh, to sell papers and to make careers, they want to have their sources in the CIA. Uh, that's a big deal. you got a CIA source is going to tell you stuff. So they take whatever the CIA gives them, and the CIA makes it clear, look, you report what we're telling you. If you, if you don't, we're cutting you off. We're cutting off, uh, we're cutting off us, we as a source, you won't be able to get CIA information in your paper. You're not going to be able to get big stories anymore. You're not going to sell papers. So you play by our rules. This is the CIA talking. And as long as you publish what we want you to publish, then we'll keep talking to you. That's how it works. And that's the system that we see now. That is another form of Operation Mockingbird with the CIA manipulating the U.S. news media. Let me just say that again. With the CIA manipulating the U.S. news media, it's still going on today. And, and I think most Americans... They either see that or they feel it in their gut because it's hanging right right out there. So uh, the mainstream media is not just state-controlled and controlled by these big uh, corporate ownerships. It is also manipulated by the shadow government and, and uh, especially the, uh, the secret parts of the government. There's no doubt about that. Amazing. So, so just to be clear now, whenever you hear unnamed sources, you, your chances are there's a reference there that that's a CIA influence. The chances are extremely good and probable that it is either that or it's a fake source, one or the other. Wow. 
Now, if it's a real source, they should be able to cite the person, who they are, what exactly what the information is. And I would just encourage people, if anybody uses an unnamed source, it's either they're either being fed by the CIA or it's a fake, just discount it. Interesting. Fantastic. Yeah, there it is. Uh, our email has blown up since you've come on the air, and, and I, we've got a ton of questions, one of which I've got to ask you this. Um, this probably represents a third, well, maybe a fifth of the emails that have come in since you've been on on the show. Um, your thoughts on James Comey? Uh, and, and I, with respect to the whole yes. Hillary Trump yeah. current situation, I, I'd, I'd be glad. I'd be glad to let me let me. Uh, uh, James Comey, if I may just put it uh, succinctly, uh, is a deep state actor. If you follow him all the way back in his career, uh, he's a deep state man from the word go. And uh, it, I would encourage people to uh, to go into Comey's back, if I may. Um, here, here's a, a telling point, if I may. Uh, James Comey made in one year $6 million uh, from the military-industrial contractor Lockheed Martin while they were contributors to the Clinton Foundation. Conflict of interest, maybe? Maybe. Uh, he was a former had former membership on the Clinton Foundation as a corporate partner on the board. Conflict of interest, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Uh, his, he has a financial relationship with Peter Comey, his brother, who works at the law firm that does the Clinton Foundation's taxes. Conflict of interest, maybe? Y- yeah. He was the deputy special counsel during the Whitewater investigation of Hillary Clinton where she skated and got off. He was the special counsel. He uh, was general counsel for Bridgewater Associates. If you've ever heard of them, there's some indication that uh, they're a CIA front corporation. He was also a board member of HSBC, which has been indicated as having CIA affiliations. On and on and on it goes. So, uh, by their fruits, you will know them. We look at how he handled the Hillary Clinton investigation. She should have been prosecuted. As we all know, there have been people, I was a counterintelligence investigator, I saw it. There have been people way down at lower levels that were prosecuted for things that were a hundred times less than what she did. So he laid out the case for her, her prosecution and then he let her walk. Uh, and based on his background that I just read, uh, uh, to you, do you think there was, there was motivation for him to do that? You think maybe he should have recused himself at the very least from that investigation? Absolutely, but he didn't. My word, folks! I mean, wow! Just hearing that that information, that that laundry list of uh, conflicts. Yeah. Uh, okay. We're in the the closing wow. minutes here, Mister Ship. I want to thank you again for joining us. Um, anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to make sure we we hit on tonight? Well, I'd like to encourage people out there, because you can sense this sometimes, don't be discouraged by the attacks that are happening on, on a definite American revolution in electing Donald Trump. Uh, whether you, you like Trump or not, this was an American revolution in this election. Uh, Donald Trump is is out of the box. The main thing, having seen the subversion of the Obama administration, Donald Trump is not a part of that subversion. He is a maverick. He said things we all wish he hadn't said. But the fact is he's challenging the entire corrupt system that exists in Washington, and they're going after him full bore. 
Uh, so I just encourage people, don't, don't be discouraged thinking that th this dark side is going to win. That is what they want. That is probably the biggest goal of this uh, PSYOP that they're engaging in, is to get people to give up and think it's all over, they're going to get Trump, or Trump actually did do this, or he actually did do that. Uh, it, understand what is going on. This is a massive false flag operation trying to bring down an elected president put in place by the popul popular vote by the populace of the people and the electoral college and the droves of people that came out and voted many for the first time. This is a constitutionally elected president that they're going after. Point is, if it, when it looks like it's discouraging or maybe they've got him or they're drumming up these charges every time w which become false, don't be discouraged. That is what they want. They're trying to bring down this new America movement, this new patriotic movement that's written, risen up that we're all so encouraged by. They're trying to destroy that. But that movement still exists despite this propaganda campaign, despite this false flag effort with the Russian boogeyman uh, uh, uh this patriotic movement is still there. And, and Donald Trump, as rough a diamond as he is, has got the guts to do this. And uh, so don't be discouraged. Stick with it and do not believe the lies. And don't get discouraged. We've got it. We've got to keep on. We engage in a political revolution, we being the American people, the true patriots. Uh, engage in a, in a true American revolution when this election happened. And that's, that, that revolution still continues, and, and that's what we're in. So don't be discouraged. Stick with it. Don't give up. And the last thing I'd like to say, and this is why I, I came on your program, support programs like Hagman and Hagman, and, because this, this is the last bastion of the freedom of the press right here. They're trying to shut it all down. They're even trying to control programs like this. Support these programs. This is the last bastion of truth here in the United States. It, it's now become a target, but support these. Help them propagate. Uh, pray for them. Uh, help, help keep them protected because they're, they're at the tip of the spear. But don't give up because they're trying to make, make it look like we're not, but we are winning. I think we, we have them on the run. And let me ask you how we can help you. How can we support you? Um, of course, you've got your book from the Company of Shadows. But but how else? Is there any way we can support you or your um, appearances, uh, anything? Well, well, thank you for that. Uh, you, you know, I obviously I'm not I'm not in this uh, for the money. Um, this is kind of a sacrificial thing to do. Well, what means everything to me is the message. So uh, I would say if, if any part of my message that that is you think is valuable, uh, uh, just just spread the message. That's all I would ask. Uh, the book is out there, you know, that, that's fine. But, but what I want is for people to spread this message everywhere to their friends, to their family, email, social media, everywhere. That's what I would ask, that they just spread, spread this message as far as they can, because that really is our hope. And we will, we will continue to do that. We've reached the end of the program. Uh, Kevin Shep, thank you so very much for being such a great friend of the program, a valuable thank asset you. and a patriot, patriotic American. And, uh, Thank you. God bless. Great you. interview. Yeah. Thank you so very, very much. God bless you, Kevin. Folks, Thanks, that'll, that'll do it for us this week. Thank you so much for your belief and your trust as we uh, close out the week. We Thank get you, a full, full jam packed week next week. Yeah. Um, it should be an interesting week. And also check out the Common Sense Show on Sunday. I'll be on in the first hour as Dave will be back. Um, in the saddle, ready to go, and it should be an interesting yeah. show. And I, I believe it's Monday, Tuesday. I don't, I don't Monday know. and so, Tuesday video. Well, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday audio only. From what I, yeah, I'm not. It, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. 
There's some stuff going on behind the scenes that we're uh, trying to work on. Tell people about the show. I I believe uh, um, I'll be on uh, InfoWars at some point next week. And next week, um, Steve Quayle and Pastor Langford will be on this together. First time they did a show on on Hagman and Hagman in a while um, together. So that's going to be great. And I know John has some other very interesting things lined up. And if anything transpires that's very important over the weekend, we will take to the airwaves. Uh, Otherwise, stay safe. God bless and have a great weekend.